I guess they can. I guess they can uh, be honest for once on the show. <laughs> About damn time. <laughs> There's always a first time for everything. Tell them your real name, Clarence. Tell them your real name. They'll never know my real name is Clarence Buchelhorn. <laughs> everyone and welcome to sneaky dragon my name is david dedrick hey i'm ian boothby we're still doing this uh, whole pandemic thing but hey how's it going dave i'm doing well i'm sorry pan- sorry to hear okay. that you're in the middle of a pandemic yeah you know what i'm gonna say is yeah. less pandemics more fandemics oh i want to I just have like uh people just gather and be uh, fans of things together <laughs> well that's how it used to be but <laughs> i can't do that anymore unfortunately no, which really is a bummer for our show, Fansplainers. It is. Got, yeah. It's also a bummer for, for a, a few people who release a little book I like to call Sparks 2, Double Dog Dare, on August the 4th. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, tell me more. And uh, written by the remarkable Ian Boothby. I like his Drawn work. by the redoubtable Nina Matsumoto. I like her later work. Colored. By the unreliable David Edrick. And I hear, I hear he changed his name for legal reasons. <laughs> he had to. I had to. I had to hide from the tax man. Mm-hmm. But that book is out now, everyone. I'm sure many of you have received it. But if you haven't, it's well worth ch- checking out. It's called Sparks 2 Double Dog Dare. A fantastic story about two cats, a robotic dog costume, and a squirrel who's a real <laughs> nut. And yeah, it's quite great. The problem is, is that last time we put out a book, mm-hmm. we got to go like to kids' books here in Vancouver. You guys got to talk to 30 kids or more, plus their parents. It was a packed store. And then mm-hmm. and then I got there late, of course, and we signed we signed books and it was, oh it's raining out. And it was a lot of and it was a lot of fun. And but, it was yeah, it wasn't raining out back then, but it's raining out now. <laughs> it was raining out that night too. I guess that's no, I was so I was so exhausted by the time the book came out. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was exhausted. Yeah, uh, that uh, we had friends show up, and I forgot one of my friends' names. Like, just <laughs> forgot it. Just cl- clean out. Just like, well, I know this person completely. But yep, I know uh, everything about them. Cannot remember their name to save my life. <laughs> this isn't good. And so I, uh, I said, oh, I forgot something, and I went and I. Uh, crouched down behind a bookcase yeah and it just went through my head and just went what the hell are they called <laughs> and uh and i was like they do, they don't have a facebook page i know that yeah. oh, uh, dear. and then i figured it out and yeah. i went back yeah and it was all smooth and i went like okay all right is this uh is this a bad sign of something but i've not really had that uh since so that's uh that's good yeah, but they, yeah they probably knew their name already yeah, they probably you did. You didn't need to help them, but it's nice that you did. There's no way of saying to someone that you've known for many, many years, so your name is... Like, <laughs> it, would, it would sound like a joke, but I had completely blanked on what their name was. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's when you go, hey, bro, or what's up, dude? Yeah, hey, sport. Hey, sport. There he is. Hey, buddy. There's my guy. <laughs> ah, hey, yeah, there you yeah, You know. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, but we yeah we didn't uh, do any of that stuff, which is you're right. It is a drag. It is it's just kind so, of you know yeah. It's it's fresh enough to me as a as a as a non person of, of that sort of thing, and that it's it's a lot of fun. I I and I love the kids' enthusiasm for it. It just I really it really 
brings a smile to my to my face. Was... Here's here's a, and again, this sounds like I'm complaining, but I am absolutely not complaining about okay. this. But I'm just telling no, you about no complaining. It. And if someone is hearing this and going, "Hey, I did that," it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I've had a variety of parents contact me and uh, and ask, "Oh, I'd really like to get an autographed copy for my for my child." And to which it is usually is, "Could you sign one of yours and send it to me?" Ah. You know, with, whereas probably they're going to pay me for it. But here's the thing. I don't have a copy. We haven't gotten our copies. No, we all. haven't got anything. You know, all these people are saying that they enjoy the book, which is fantastic. I have not seen it. I take their word that it exists. <laughs> I, just, I know. This is frustrating. Not only because we didn't get – because last time we got those uh, – like they sent us like, what, 40, 50 of those books that were – like had 15 pages of color. And the rest were black and white. They're like review copies they would send out to yeah. libraries and whatnot. We didn't get That's... any. We didn't get any of that this time. No, no, uh, we haven't got anything. Period. Uh, <laughs> That's the truth. I, I do have a. My only copy is one that I actually uh, paid for on Comixology. I downloaded it because I was like, "No, well, let's just see what people are looking at." That sounds fine. Mm. But yeah, everyone, every one of the parents that has like contacted me, it's uh, it's it's been uh, just a little of guilt. Just uh, <laughs> it's like I tell them. You know, no, I don't have any copies. That it's like, oh, I so really, really wanted to take it with me uh, for for this special, special day. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't have any. I'm not lying. I'm not lying to you. Or 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 it'd be like, I got I got the book. Oh, that's great. You know, and I, oh, I would love it if you could sign it. Oh, oh, yeah. Next time we see each other, I'll I'll, I'll sign that for sure. Okay. So anyway, it's at this bookstore. If you could just go there and sign it, uh, then I'll pick it up. Oh. That's very far away. <laughs> and I don't really, you know, I walk everywhere. And uh, that's and, very far away. <laughs> and I have a life. That... Yeah, that's about an hour and a half walk Oof. for me to get to that bookstore yeah. that you're talking about to sign a book. Um, uh, and uh, it's like, uh, yeah, that's a little, you know, you got to do uh, some no's. Yeah, all that yeah. Stuff. And you're like, oh, well, my... My kid just loves your work so much. I'm like, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Next time I see you, I'll sign it when I see you. But I'm not going on a Lord of the Rings style quest to to sign the book. You know, no, All I right. understand. All right, and and I, I've gotten yeah, a lot of uh, you know uh, if you could uh, sign it for their birthday, uh, it would really be appreciated. Oh, okay, so. Uh, When's their birthday? Next week. Well, I can't. There's no way that can happen. I can't occur. So what I did in that case was, because, yeah. uh, again, I got the um, you know uh, biggest fan in the world, such and such, which is great. Mm -hmm. And, again, I, I love that. So I did a drawing, getting the writer to do the drawing that was like a happy birthday thing and what have you. Yeah. And then I took a photo of that, and uh, they, they got that to give to their daughter, and they're buying the book. And, uh, and then I um, took the drawing that I did and I put it in an envelope with a couple of sparks buttons and I mailed that off. So she'll get that at some point in the future. And yeah, hopefully that'll be, that'll be uh, fine. But yeah, it's just all these things. Like every one of them is like a, uh, just, just every, every story is a, Oh, but you know, like, I know, but I'm not <laughs> magic. <laughs> I'm not oh, holding dear. out and I don't have, you know, 
you know, most authors, we have we can get our books delivered by owls the next day to you, of course, because we're connected with Scholastic and they are connected with Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, they have access to owls. So here, here you are, and here you are. No, honestly, I've I, I've not seen the book. <laughs> I, uh, I I hope to one day. It'll be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. And uh, it was nice actually yesterday. Uh, I was looking on Amazon.com and uh, we came very close to selling out, which was nice. It was like I watched. I was watching the book numbers. You know, oh, we sold out know. a long time ago. <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. Uh, and it was going down and going down, going down. But then they reordered. And uh. they I was like, ah, okay. Which I again, you can't complain about. That's this. good. But it was like, oh. It is it is not very available in 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 uh like chapters or indigo around around Vancouver. No, this is a thing that I'm not understanding and it's a mystery that I would like to have solved. <laughs> um, which is I was checking too on like uh, Barnes and Noble and what have you because you can look up how many copies they have each. Yeah. And this is what I do. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah, I, I will also check uh, libraries and see how our book is. Uh, is if it's checked out, uh, Sparks is almost always checked out, and uh, local library. Um, and uh, just like 11, Ian and I. Yeah, and eleven of the fifteen uh, on order copies of uh, the second book are uh, already like uh, claimed. Um, but yeah, it's it doesn't seem to be in the in chapters. And here's the thing: if you look online, it says. You can order it, uh, you know, online, or it's in stores. It's available in stores. But if you check what stores it's available in, it's not available in any stores. Same thing with Barnes & Noble, which makes me think that it has something to do with the delivery system to major stores. Okay. It's, it's a weird coincidence. Like, they wouldn't have not ordered any. That does not make make sense. Yeah. Because we actually did sell pretty well last time around. So something's something's going on with that. And uh, so I, uh, I I put on my fake uh, my fake um, identity. Uh, <laughs> I've got a fake identity sure. email that yeah. I use for certain things. Uh, and I wrote two chapters and was like, it says here that you're available, but I can't seem to find it in stores. What's going on? And they went, no, no, it's available in stores. Uh, well, no, it's not. <laughs> so, it's yeah, available. It's-, it's available. There's two copies that were available in. Uh- a, a chapters mm. when I was looking because uh, I was curious because someone was asking about it and I was like oh well you can just go to the store and buy it and I, th- and I thought well I'll just look up and see where one is in my area so I looked now, it up is, and this, then... is this the second book you're talking about yeah okay because I've seen nothing and in, uh, in, in BC like it seems to say that there's there's none there's none in BC but okay if that's the case well maybe now maybe now but when I when I was looking yesterday I think there was two, I think, at the Coquitlam location, but they said they said low stock. Please phone. So. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we'll see. May hell. But everywhere else, yeah, none. none. Yeah. So, uh, so we don't know what's going on. So either we're uh, a big success or a crushing failure. We don't not. We do not know. <laughs> but uh, you know, no, no, no one is a failure as long as they have yeah. friends. That's what they said in uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah, I can put on yeah. my shirt that says "Crushing It." That's cool. And if you go to uh, sparkscomic.com, mm-hmm. uh, Nina has up, updated the uh, website, and you'll see uh, some new shirts that she's uh, put up there for the new Sparks yeah. uh, book. They're great. And some uh, some reviews and some other things. So, yeah, it's worth taking a little uh, check, check a check. And, uh, yeah, 
They are, but I am very uh, happy with how the book came out from what I've seen. You guys did an amazing job, both of you on it, and uh, very proud of it. So uh, hopefully people will enjoy it. So far, only one stinker review, and uh, that's okay. And I won't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. I will not let it go. We had a little party at your place, and I did a live reading of the review. You did, and I just thought, oh, Ian, this is eating you up, poor fellow. Yeah. No, I got one round the room doing, the, uh, doing my one-man show the review that really got to me. Because <laughs> normally, I mean, normally, you know, you're like everyone else. Of course, it can be, you You know, you get people can be annoying or whatever, but normally you are fairly even, you know, I don't want to say level-headed about criticism. Yes. But this one really, it's really eating you up. Well, it was one that just like, you know, when it hits the right buttons. Yeah. Like if, if, if there's something where you're just like, oh, I ran out of the color blue, uh, but ah, no one's going to notice uh, on this page I ran out of blue. I'll just use the uh, purple. That's all. I'll, and no one will notice. Yeah. And then the first thing in the review is, the lack of blue shows a real amateurism. Like, oh no, they saw immediately. They knew exactly my one weakness. And yeah, this 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 one just like uh, was just like the negative voice in my head mm. that says all the things like, yeah. "Well, you're a fraud." Nope, you just nope. You can't strike gold twice. What were you thinking? No way, man. Oh, what were you? Oh, even even attempting it was was a fool's errand. Shame on you. Shame on you. Uh, and that's basically what the review was, was I can't believe I'm reading this. I can't believe it's written by the same person. I, I just, oh, oh, oh. You know, just like, you know, it, 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 my, my bird flew by and it killed it just out of like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, It was unfortunate so, about the bird. That's true. Yeah, it's okay. The bird, I think, was on its last legs. <laughs> I, I don't even really believe that it was the book that uh, that uh, took it out. Finally, I'm not, I'm not sure. Either the book or the window. No one's certain. <laughs> the thing that makes it strange is I'm also I'm also doing like Exorcisters now. Yeah, and we're just doing that digitally, which mm. means we don't really get a lot of reviews for that. We do get some people talking about it. It yeah. is out there, and it yeah. will come out as a trade in, in October. But it's just this thing of like uh, you've got you've got a thing that you worked on so long, and then you put it out there, and then Cr crickets hello crickets with the occasional nice thing but it's like yeah. generally generally yeah it's just out into this uh covid void that uh <laughs> it's it's so strange and you can't really say anything to anyone because you know people are dealing with real problems so so but you know mm -hmm. yeah well uh, anyway yeah. hope hope you liked it and uh and so far people on both fronts uh, seem to but it's like it's just weird it's odd it's an odd <laughs> sensation it's very dreamlike well, but by the way, though, it is, I don't know, I don't think you should invalidate it. I mean, you, it is, it is a real feeling that you're having about something. And you Well, know. you, uh, you know, if, if you've got any of that, uh, you know, uh, uh imposter syndrome going on, who, uh, who doesn't good, yeah, a good, um, a good plague <laughs> can really help add to it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you had a book coming out during the Black Plague and you're like, oh, I hope people like it. <laughs> and it's like, you know, just bringing out their dead. And it's like, but did you read the book? And it's like, yeah, I'm just... Uh, We've been kind of, I've been kind of busy. Yeah, I think cats are the problem, so I'm killing cats right now. Anyway, <laughs> oh, look at all the rats here. Anyway, I got to kill some cats because I think cats are the issue here. Okay, but did you read my book? 
oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm getting around to it to yeah, uh, yeah. learn to read once i learn to read then <laughs> i'm gonna read your uh, book we're, wait, book we're waiting for the invention of the printing press yeah my book is called uh rats are the problem <laughs> doesn't sound believable oh all right fair enough i don't know i'll check it out but it sounds crazy <laughs> I, yeah i think the best thing to do is for us to just work on a third book and just uh and just keep moving forward there we go. Yeah. Keep, uh, For keep sure. uh, chug, 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 chugging along. You know, this it's it's kind of weird, too, because uh, the first book came out during the school year, whereas this one's coming out in, in the you know sort of end of the summer. So it kind of feels like this isn't like the ideal time for a book to come out. Do you know what I mean? So I used to read so much during the summer mm. because there was always those library, how many books can you read during the summer things? Okay. And I'd also you. <laughs> You're a sucker, through. man. How did you fall for that? Oh, they, that? they saw you coming. Yeah. We'll oh, make, those libraries. We'll make, this, we'll make this guy read a lot. <laughs> um, but I, no, I just think, well, I, you know, that, that's a possibility. I don't know. But, I mean, kids aren't going to the library that much right now either. Like, every, no, everywhere is... You I, can't order books from the library. You just sure, can't sure. go and browse. But that's kind of, <laughs> you know, when you add an extra step to what people are used to, it 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 kind of it kind of cuts people out of it. So, it's just a very weird time right now. You are uh, not wrong. When school's back in and all the kids are sick, all the kids are sick, <laughs> they'll have plenty of time to read, you know. It's fine. Oh, boy. Let's look, let's look for the silver lining on that cloud. And the silver lining was made of lead. Oh no, it was toxic. <laughs> we didn't realize. We should have checked what the lining was. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. I uh, I want the kids. I want the kids to be okay. Everyone be okay. Just mm-hmm. be be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was. Uh, I had kind of a fun thing today where I was uh, out swimming and uh, it started raining. And, okay. Uh, and people were like flipping out a little bit. They're like, "Oh no, yeah. oh no!" And I'm like, which always to me is like, "You're in the water. But You're not going to get." They're thinking of lightning, right? More wet. No, they weren't worried about that. They're just like oh, being okay. rained on. Was like, this <laughs> is kind of a weird water. reaction, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, so mm. how does this affect you? Yeah. In any way, like I suppose maybe they had some of their stuff out in the rain and they had to uh, okay, yeah, because there's no lockers allowed in this kind of time. But for me, it was just like, hey, this is great. I love uh, I love swimming in the rain. It's just uh, it's such a uh, it's a wonderful feeling. I'm happy again. Wait, that reminds me of something completely different. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. We woke up this morning to the sound of pitter pat of tiny feet uh, dripping on all our um, patio furniture because we Uh-oh. we hadn't brought in. Well, as you said, we had we had you and Pia and some other friends over on Monday, and then we had lackadaisically left our kitchen table outside. <laughs> for two days and then we woke up to rain so we had to like oh let's go grab the table we had to bring the table in and uh, bring in all we don't put the way the deck furniture but we do bring in the cushions out of the rain so we, we brought those in to dry well th- and thank that you was again. a shocker right yeah that it's raining uh, out yeah oh, th- by the way thank you very much for that lovely uh, meal oh uh, okay. and by the way if you guys weren't invited it was because there was no way of getting you there um sorry uh, but it was uh, your uh, daughter Eve um, uh, cooked an uh, amazing uh, meal for us, and it was just incredibly delicious. We got to meet your chickens. You did? You uh, did. We were not eating chickens, so there wasn't that awkward looking out yeah. at them while they looked back at us. That's right. And we're with a single chicken tear uh, running down their 
face. Um, so, so yeah, but it, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, just, uh, it was nice seeing people and being with <laughs> yes. people. It is nice. It is nice. But, uh, yes, I, uh, we were kind of limited to space as well because we had to all kind of be in various corners of our deck so that we weren't, everyone was in their bubble and, uh, Eve was the only server. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, we did, we did the best we could. I, hopefully everyone is all right. It is a and, real and risk. Which... It seems to be the biggest risk, doesn't it? Getting together. So. Yeah, when she looked at us, uh, we we screamed at her, "Look away! <laughs> For safety's sake!" <laughs> this was a thing, by the way, at the pool. Uh, there's a whole thing that's like, uh, you know, go one way. There was a sign saying, "Go one way, one yeah, way, one yeah, way." Yeah, yeah. But like, there's so there's the shallow end of the pool and there's the deep end of the pool. And my um, my towel was, and this is not today. This is on a sunny day. Okay. My <laughs> towel was 20 feet from the deep end. Uh, just a little over there to, you know, you get out of the deep end, go uh, to your left uh, to the towel. Yeah. But it, but it is walking against the grain yeah. for 20 feet. Sure. And so, uh, and so I'm walking there. I hope you're walking uh, backwards. Uh, yeah, I should have because, because this, uh, this woman uh, came up to me and she was, uh, I thought like, oh, she's going to, for some reason I thought she was going to say something nice. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like, you know. <laughs> Good swimming, yeah. good 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 mm. strokes there, young sure. man. Something along those lines. The usual reason we're approached by strangers in in, in public. Right, right, and you know I feel great because I'm in a bathing suit, and I, I love having a conversation with someone when I'm in a bathing suit. Sure. Um, a speedo? So, is it a speedo? Oh uh, no, no, no. There's a much more cloth, as much cloth as I'm legally allowed uh, to have. <laughs> All right. And so and so a she Victorian's comes up and, men's bathing garment. Yeah, and, and she and she says to me, uh, you know. Uh, the signs all say go one way. You have to just walk that one way. And so I, I say uh-huh. back to her, "Oh, thanks, thanks for letting me know." Yeah. And I keep walking. Um, <laughs> and because you know, what are you going to say? Oh, fuck you! Like you can't even push her in the push her in the water. You could. I'm, I'm a big man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, you can't. So. So we do that. And I'm you like, know, All right. it was an option. I don't. I'm not going to say it's the best option, but it was an option. No. Uh, so, so I'm walking the 20 feet to my shame towel. Yes. Uh, because I guess I'm not going to now go the long way all the way around the pool now to get back to my towel and yeah. orbit the earth. Um, <laughs> uh, and 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 as I'm going to my towel, I I, I get that little feeling of just like, well, the wor- the reason for that is so that we don't interact. You just came right up to my face. And like, did a like scold whisper at me with a the reason we're kind of supposed to do that is this is that and like that's just spraying me with your goo. <laughs> what even if I'm in the wrong, which yeah. technically I think there's an argument to be made that walking twenty feet to your towel this way is more sensible and probably less risk for anyone involved. But there's no no you're wrong you're wrong. But okay, go, but, but go on. She shouldn't have been spraying me with no that. no she shouldn't have been spraying you with stuff. Yeah, how I come wrong? you didn't? How come you didn't swim down past your towel, and then come up towards it? Was because that's where the lanes are, and oh, lanes and you can't, yeah, you can't do that there. Okay, you can't okay, not do that. There. No, no, I, I, I'm joking. I think that you were, you were. I know you're joking. That's why I'm laughing. You're walking, you're walking a thin line, but I mean, it made made it makes more sense for you to walk back to get it than to walk all the way around the pool to get it. It just feels, especially if there wasn't anyone around. I mean, I could see. If there are people that you're walking against, like the flow of of people, then then you would have been. And now retroactively, but... I'm like, she may not know where my towel was. Yeah. So she may think I'm going on a long walk the other way. Do you say retroactively? 
Yeah, just now. I was retroactively uh, correcting myself. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm going back in my mind and going like, wait, here's what she was thinking. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, I, 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 at the time I was like, I'm 20 feet away from my fucking towel. Yeah. You know, this would be silly for me to walk all the way around to think. But she didn't know that. Yeah, she didn't yeah. have that information. No. When she was on her scoldathon, <laughs> she uh, she decided to yeah. Uh, and I and I get it. It's fun to have a good scolding. I get it nowadays. People mm. like to have a good scold. Yeah. That's what we do. Um, but uh, but you shouldn't uh, come up to a person and give them a, a big whisper because uh, uh, nope. that goes against the whole point of this whole thing. Yes, it goes against. The and whole so point if of I get say. sick, I'm going to see her and I'm going to push her in the pool. <laughs> In fact, I did see her today. I saw her coming out of the pool, and she uh, she changed uh, on a bench next to mine outside of the pool. Okay. And uh, and and yeah. When she did that, she was walking in the wrong direction. Really? She was one of the. She was like the last person out of the pool. Yeah. So there was no one she was going to interact with, but she was walking in the wrong direction, and it was like, aha! Huh. <laughs> How could you tell she was walking in the wrong direction? There's all these signs pointing in the right direction to be walking. How did you know where she was going? She was going out because it was the end of the pool <laughs> thing. Okay. There's only one way you could go. Mm. As the uh, Archie comic uh, One Way uh, told us, there was only one way. Uh, Do you remember the Archie comic One Way? Is that one of the Spire ones? It sure was. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember it, but... And that one way, Dave, yeah. is to the board. I did not like those comics when I was a kid. You loved them. No, I did not. Yeah, the worst one was where the one where they burned Sabrina. I thought that was a bit harsh. That seems harsh, for sure. Yeah, it was just like, you know, suffer not a witch to live, <laughs> says Jughead. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, torched her up good. <laughs> nice. Sounds, well, you know, judging from the uh, Netflix show, she deserved it. Now, I know people have discussed, and we've discussed the Archie comics thing. Um, was Archie comics like... Hard up for cash when this. No, Christian it was uh, it was one of their one of their artists, a guy named Hal Hartley. Right. Al Hartley, yeah. Oh, sorry, Al Hartley. Uh, sorry, I got it mixed up with Hal Hartley. That was my problem. I was thinking uh, of Al Hartley. Hal, hmm? I was thinking of Hal something else that was the uh, one of the producers on the Archie's uh, the Archie TV show that always had that like rotating circle at the end. You know, uh, that was their kind of production logo. And they oh. did the Archie, the did the Archie cartoon. They did mm. like, you know, Tarzan, Lone Ranger, and a whole bunch of crap, like okay. real bad, like the worst Batman you've ever seen, <laughs> like just bad, okay. boring, dull, snoozerooza uh, <laughs> cartoons. But they also did Archie yeah. and kind of made him a snooze as well. Huh. Uh, but it was like Hal something uh, did the Archie. I, anyway, yeah, please continue. So Al, Al Hartley, he um, was an artist for quite a few years with, with Archie Comics, and he had a born-again experience. Okay. And he became a born-again Christian, which in those days really meant something. You know, it meant that you, like, were no fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it meant that you were super serious, right? Now you're like, I'm a serious Christian. I'm giving up all the secular stuff in my life. And so he went to to the uh, John, is it John Goldstone? John... Whoever the whoever the publisher was of of Archie, he okay. went he went to them and he he asked if he could use the characters for uh, religious comics with like a religious message uh, that he would do for a different company for Spire Comics, and they were like, sure, like as long as you pay like you know a licensing fee, that's fine. And so he did. He he so he just drew them in the same style he'd been drawing them in for for years as an arch as a paid up Archie penciler, 
and he continued to draw the comics there. But he just didn't draw Archie. He did like a whole line of comics for Spire. Like apparently he was really inspired by his born again, uh, his new born again life. To yeah, I remember there was a there was a lot a lot of them. He did like seven comics a month. Like it was crazy. Is that right? Yeah. That's uh, too many comics to do. It's, it was not, I mean, he just penciled them, obviously, but still, that's a lot of lot of work. Now, I mean, he was a pencil- he was a fast guy, like he was a fast you know, penciler, but still. This is what I suspect here is that he got so many of those Archie comics done before the Archie folks saw them <laughs> and went, "What?" <laughs> Though I don't know what Archie would have been thinking, you know, thinking like there's going to be like a lot of born again Christian Archie. Com- like, is that a that's just such a strange thing? I think they just thought it would not. Imp- impact on the mainstream Archie at all that it would just exist in its own kind of backwater that it that no you know no mainstream audiences would like be exposed to it mm. but I think I think it was really the opposite of that I think a lot of people were exposed to that kind of Christian thinking through accidentally picking up those comics you know at the supermarket yeah well I, I mean I read it at a friend's house I, we were, he just had like a pile of Richie Rich and Archie comics, and I, you know, we were just like, for some reason, we would like lay in his closet and read. He had a big closet, uh, and he had all his comics on the floor of his closet, and we would just like lay like one person would be on one side, and the other person would be on the other, and we just kind of lay on the floor with our back against the wall of the closet, and we would just read through comics. And I was reading this Archie comic, and I was just kind of reading away, and then I got really confused feeling, you know, like that feeling like, wait a second, there's something off about this comic like this is weird and then it suddenly got really like preachy and i was like what the heck is this because i wasn't i wouldn't say i was against religion but i wasn't religious at all like i you know i had no experience of it besides going to funerals uh so i was just like what is this garbage and i was just so disappointed that it wasn't like a real archie comic you know yeah it and and you realize that when I think it was like Big Ethel was like, I'm feeling depressed. And like, oh, Big Ethel's feeling depressed. Yeah, I think I might kill myself. What? 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 <laughs> what? What's she going to kill herself? I don't, oh, is there I one that's Jughead's, like that? I don't remember that one. Jughead's going to have to go on a date with her. And then Betty's like, have you, you know, it's like, well, not Jesus is the way. Huh? Tell me yeah. more. Wait a second. This is a uh, this is this is odd, um, and then it went into the way it went. I'm, I'm looking at Al Hartley, and uh, apparently in the '60s he drew uh, he had a couple of uh, Marvel things. Okay, he uh, uh, he but he only drew. Sorry, he did write um, uh, two Iron Man stories. Hmm. Oh, and he wrote uh, the Last Giant Man uh, solo story. Huh. Um, but uh, can you guess what uh, Marvel superhero he uh, he drew? Uh, Bible Man. By, you're absolutely right. No, it would be a, it was a sacrilegious uh, character. Oh, really? Oh, let me just think for a second here. Uh, in the sixties, 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 Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drew Thor. Well, not sacrilegious. Just someone else's religion. Well, it's a god shows up like, hey, my father's yeah. father sure. uh, of all the universe, and uh, there I'm a god. Yeah, yeah. It's issues with that. <laughs> and he also used to do um, uh, nudie cutie uh, uh, comics as well. Yeah, no, he was just like a re- average guy for Pussycat Magazine. Mm, wow. Yeah, uh, Martin Goodman, who was uh, the publisher of uh, Marvel, yeah. had a bunch of men's magazines, uh... And, uh, and so he—that's how they knew each other. Mm. He also uh, was the artist on a Stan Lee syndicated comic strip called Mrs. Lion's Cubs. <laughs> Awful. 
Uh, you know what? I, de- I, I, I declare it seen, awful. I've never seen it, nope. but you know what? You're right. You're <laughs> yeah, right. I know I am. <laughs> he also did uh, covers for Patsy Walker comics. Oh, yeah. Yep. Patsy later, Walker, I, I enjoy those comics. I enjoy them for their, I don't know how to describe it, their prissiness. <laughs> kind sure. Of... And then he, uh, and then later on, she was the daughter-in-law of Satan, which I, I bet he would not have cared for. No, he probably That's... didn't like that switch to the the occult in the in the early seventies. Yep. Son of son of Satan and uh, and Ghost Rider and yeah. Dracula. Yeah, they had they went for that was because the. Um, uh, they were allowed to, even with the comics code, for a while they couldn't do horror comics. Like you couldn't have yeah. any undead characters. Yeah. That's why you got things like uh, Spider-Man's enemy, uh, Morbius, who they who they made clear was the living vampire. Ah, he's no undead fella. This guy's alive. <laughs> hey, and Dave, have you met the living mummy? No, I haven't. He's alive. He's not an undead guy. Okay. Don't okay, easy now. All right, easy now. Is he? And have you? Is he feeling sick though? I, I I don't know why 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 would he be? Oh, I'm just sick? worried that he might die. Oh, he could he could he's he's had some rough times in the past. I'll give him that. <laughs> and uh, there's the werewolf. Wait yeah. a minute, is Wait. he a werewolf all the time? Yeah. No, werewolf by night. Nah, that's all right then. He's just a temporary. <laughs> he delivers pizzas by day. Werewolf by night. Werewolf by night. And then they had and then they just brought in Dracula, and it was like to hell with it. I guess it didn't matter. So apparently, and, uh, they, apparently they relaxed the comics code a little bit in the early seventies because uh, sales were down, and they're like, hmm, how can we pump up the sales? The comic companies were like, how about relax the comics code a little bit so we can, you know, attract kids who are a little more sophisticated than they would have been in the fifties. Yeah, and the and the comics code was never a law. It was just a, no. It was a voluntary. Uh, so you can do this, yeah. and then. And I think by that point too, uh, Marvel had dropped it for one issue of Spider-Man. Okay. Because it was a, it was a, it was an issue where Harry Osborn uh, did acid. Yeah. And I think fell off a roof, as you always do. Learn from <laughs> everything, folks. And uh, and Stanley said he thought it was a strong enough message and important yeah, uh, thing yeah. that he was like, eh, even if we're not allowed to. Because the comics code wouldn't approve it, and they went like, "Eh, we'll run it without the comics code." Yeah, and I was like, "How dare you!" But then he did, and it didn't matter. So that's eh, fine. Yeah, it's a weird thing that it's you know it's basically like just choosing to cut off your own testicles. I guess is the yeah. I don't Though, need these. Throw away. Yeah, Though I mean the, Hollywood uh, did it with the Hayes Office too, right? With the yeah, sure. Production code. Yeah, uh, but the, uh, the Archie Christian comics from Spire, mm. none of them had the comics code on them. Ah, oh, because they had religious content. I, I don't know, but they, oh, they probably it probably cost money to get them. It probably cost money to have them, uh, and they probably weren't being sold the same way that um, I don't know because you said that you said he got them in in supermarkets. Supermarkets. I don't remember right. that myself, but well, this I'm was the weird thing because there was the I, I remember there was a big rack uh, by the frozen foods, uh, and so you'd get Archie Christian comics, but yeah. then you'd also have things like Star Wars, mm. and it would be like, oh, what's this? And I was like. Well, here's what the force c- can also mean. They're like, huh? What's that about? <laughs> oh, and then okay, okay. It, was a, it was a book, you know, yeah, yeah. and it was like, the forces could be Jesus. Mm. And then there was one about Superman. And it was about, you know, you may have heard about, you know, uh, Jor-El giving his son to Earth to protect us. But, you know, there was another father that also <laughs> did something similar. Oh, uh, was heaven blowing up as well? No, no. And, <laughs> and, uh, did he almost, God almost sent his wife as well? No, no, no. And did he also send a monkey? No! Listen to this story, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I remember my friend had the the force one of that of that sort of thing. And I was looking at it in his uh, bedroom one day, and I just I was like, ugh. Once I got once I got the idea of what it's about, it's like get out of here. I thought no, this was about if, Star Wars. Blah. If you went to church as a kid and they handed you a lightsaber, yeah, and said it'll turn on if you believe, you'd probably like you know read huh. the Bible a bit. Sure, I guess. Until <laughs> you get your lightsaber going. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't bother. That's okay. Oh, by the way, it was Hal Sutherland who I was thinking about. Ah, Hal, I don't. Who does did, not ring a bell? Uh, does not ring a bell. Yeah, who did the uh, Archie? Uh, thing and did the uh, the the incredibly boring Star Trek the animated series? Okay, some okay scripts, but really boring animation. Mm. Uh, the New Adventures of Flash Gordon, so boring. <laughs> the Adventures of Batman, oh god, it was boring. <laughs> they kept getting the bat wrong. It kept reversing, and I was like, ugh. Uh, the Batman Superman Hour, ugh. Aquaman, ugh. <laughs> and uh and so and he also did the lone ranger they don't mention that but he did like the lone ranger which was incredibly boring and the secret life of a uh, waldo kitty <laughs> hmm. which had which had a cat that liked to pretend that he was batman liked to pretend that he was in star trek and yeah. basically basically everything that he had the rights to anyway he made this cat sure do. he already had the backgrounds drawn so he might as well have the cat use those backgrounds yeah and uh and then yeah then he really cashed in uh, when he did He-Man, he was the guy behind He-Man. So, oh, oh, oh gosh, uh, there's money in the bank. Talking about boring. Uh, and he followed it up with a really, really dark movie um, that was animated uh, called Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Oh, really? That's uh, yeah, that's a bit of a, a bit of a creepy, weird uh, movie that you don't expect from uh, uh, Hal Sutherland. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's the Hal Sutherland story. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Emperor of the Night. Okay. Emperor of the Night, played by James Earl Jones. Oh. With Geppetto, played by Tom Bosley. <laughs> That's Hollywood. With Don Knotts says G Willikers, <laughs> which I guess is because we couldn't. I'm gonna assume we couldn't get Jiminy Cricket without getting sued. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to bet you anything, and I'm not remembering who he played, but uh, I'm bet you anything G. Willikers was a Jiminy Cricket type. But wasn't Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio, the book? It was, it was, but I think because Jiminy Cricket, the version that we all know is so Disney, because Jiminy Cricket is like shows up in the original Pinocchio like, hi, I'm Jiminy Cricket, crush, dead, <laughs> no personality. I'm, um, I'm your conscience. That's right. Okay. Well, you're dead. <laughs> I'm your libido. Well, I'm going to feed you. Um, okay. So, yeah, there's a glow worm that is now Pinocchio's conscience. Ah. And, and uh, he, Pinocchio, surprised, uh, accidentally names it G. Willikers. Hmm. Yeah. So they are. I'm surprised too. <laughs> Not alone. Not alone in that. I was, I was late today. I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's uh, what's going on? It was nothing really big, but for some reason, well, this it started in at Christmas time. This story started at Christmas time. Okay. Which right, what happened uh, was let's, oh, sorry. Let's set the wait, let's set the tone then. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Thank you. Do, so do, do, my wife Lisa. Hey Dave. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. What's going on with your wife Lisa? Well, let me just tell you a little story about my wife. Let me tell you. Let me give you a descriptor of my wife first, because you need to know this about Lisa. That she is the world's 
worst shopper. The reason she is the world's worst shopper is because she is completely unable, even with her best intentions, to buy what she intended to buy at the store. Now I don't want to just okay. I'm going to let you uh, yeah. have all this tell this story. No, you you're allowed but, to you're allowed to interrupt. You you may interrupt right, now. What do let you? Let me let me just say that I've seen many a video recently. Yes. Of uh, people in stores. Yeah. Flipping out uh, and throwing their stuff around and yelling at people and being right. Okay. Bastards. So that I'm that's gonna say, yeah. No. They are worse than Lisa. Yeah. No. Lisa is not. I'm and of course I'm exaggerating for effect here. She is for not Tom, Tom, the worst shopper. But you know, okay, go ahead. For instance. For instance, she went to the store to buy some coffee. She buy- likes instant coffee. Don't ask me why, because she grew up with it is why, but she- sure, that's why she likes okay. instant coffee. So she was at the store, and she was looking at instant coffee, and there was French vanilla instant coffee, and she was like, ugh, don't buy that. Garbage. Grabbed her coffee, paid for it, came home, looked at it, French vanilla. Oh! <laughs> what? She just does it all the time. All the time. She'll go, you know, she'll go to buy, like, whatever, and she'll buy, like, the exact opposite of what she intended to buy. Now, now Dave, I'm this is a weird, a, weird thing. I'm going to say a quick confession sure. today. Yeah. Uh, I ordered some food today. Yeah. I ordered myself some potato salad. Okay. As a side. Yes. And uh, it got delivered. Yeah. And I was like, it's macaroni salad. What the hell? And then I look back on what I ordered. Yeah. I ordered macaroni salad. <laughs> so you, so un- you understand Lisa's pain. I, I completely understand where she's coming from. Yeah. yeah. I had to eat garbage Garbage salad tonight. Yeah. So, garbage. So macaroni cr- salad is garbage. <laughs> oh, I like macaroni salad. You it, don't... Is the, it is the French vanilla instant coffee of <laughs> salads. I, I rather like French. Uh, not French vanilla, I could care less. But I really well, like... Uh, I'll be over here later tonight, and I'll, you'll find it on my front lawn. <laughs> Have all you want. I'll keep it, I'll, I'll keep it cold for you till then. Go ahead. Thanks. So... Okay. So... <laughs> At Christmas time, Lisa went to buy a, went to buy a turkey for us because we we're gonna to have t- uh, turkey dinner. So she went to the store, you know, and she picked up a turkey, got one that was real nice, brought it home, and then the girls looked at it and said, "Mom, you bought one that was pre-stuffed." And she's like, "Oh, that's fine. We'll just use this one." And they're like, "Uh, no, because we want Dad's stuffing for Christmas. We're not gonna make do with someone else's stuffing. You know, some kind of bland stuffing that's already been put into a turkey by some giant company." So she's like, oh, "Okay." So she just put that one in the freezer. This wasn't dad standing behind them going, tell your mother you, you want my stuffing. I wasn't even there when this no, happened. No, we're, we're fine. We're fine with this, dad. I'm telling you, want my yeah, yeah. stuffing. Stuffing's yeah. the best. No, no, I'm, we're okay, dad. Just tell her. Okay. <laughs> you know me too well. And so that, that turkey went into the freezer, and she went and got an, another turkey, one without stuffing in it. She didn't mean to buy it with stuffing. It was just an accident, right? So... So we, you know, we had a regular turkey at Christmas. So we had this turkey sitting in the freezer. So she decided today, of all days, she was going to invite her dad over for dinner, mm. and his friend who's visiting, and and so that that's fine, I guess. I, I I thought, well, that's an odd thing to do to have a a big meal on the night. You know, I'm recording Sneaky Dragon, but okay. <laughs> I assume you're home all day. You're not working today, so you know you got time to do this. But what happened was, like, we have a, a our stove is kind of strange. It is um, it's a Samsung stove, and it's a dual. It's like a dual. How do you would describe it? It's like a a two oven stove. So you can so have you can, you can cook like a a pie and a roast in it at the same that's time. That's right. As long as they're within fifty degrees of each other, you can have two different temperatures, uh, doing two different things in in the oven. And so okay. you can you can yes theoretically have a pie. 
and th- you know also have maybe a turkey cooking something like that right so but but the thing is is because of that there's this like center partition and if you take it out it actually turns off the oven like it won't let it work it's a bit annoying because if, you, if you're cooking something big like a turkey it would be nice to pull that out and then just cook and there may be a way to do that. I just don't know because I, I can't find where I put the manual and I'm I'm too disorganized and lazy to look it up on the computer. I mean, I could do that, but, you know, whatever. So, you know, like when... So normally what I do when we do a turkey is I pull out the rack and I put the turkey on the actual partition and, and cook that way. It's fine. It cooks fine. So, so she went to put the turkey on earlier today and I guess she took out that piece and then she, you know, got the racks organized and then she put the turkey in and then she tur- went to turn on the oven and it wouldn't turn on. And so she didn't know what was going on. So then she's like writing to us, to the girls and I, but we're all at work. So mm. none of us have our phones with us. So so then time went by before I think Eve responded and said, um, you have to have the center of thing in, otherwise it won't work. And she's like, oh, so so she made, she made it work. But the problem was then, of course, is the turkey was now behind this behind schedule. And then I'm not too sure why, but... I think the turkey was a butterball and they recommended the temperature of 325 for the turkey, which I normally cook a turkey around 375. That's what the Betty Crocker tells me to cook it at. So that's what I do because I always do what Betty tells me. And so that also slowed things down. So, you know, I got, I got home. She said, said her dad and his friend were coming over. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go have a shower before they come here. So I went and had a shower and then I uh, came upstairs and I'm, when I'd put the, she asked me to put the meat thermometer in when I got home. So I did that first and then I went and had a shower and then I look at it and we're like 20 degrees off the temperature and I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be a little while. So then we're talking and yakking and stuff like that. And then I went in the house and, and I said, I said, we do the show around seven. So then I go inside to check on the turkey and I look at the clock and it's like seven. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Looking at the clock. Oh, this is terrible. So then I, but I was busy with stuff, and so then I was by the time, and I lost my phone as well. So I had to go to find my phone, and then I came back upstairs, and then I was like, "Okay, I'll tell you that we're having a kitchen disaster." It wasn't like a big disaster, but it was just like, "Oh, it just took forever to cook this turkey." Because then you know you take it out, and then you have to let it sit for fifteen minutes so that it can cook through while you get your gravy done and stuff. The lesson is, don't cook a big meal when you know you ha- you have a busy busy <laughs> night. But I don't know. Yeah, it was it was a fine meal, but I just had to eat it really quickly, obviously. Cause Oh. I guess really good. Blah, 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 blah. Tell me some more about that thing. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we had our uh, dishwasher break today. It seems like. Oh no. Yeah. So. Was, how how yeah, how? Yeah. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, it, uh, what's happened was uh, it was a little uh, it was a little green light that was on it. Yeah. Uh, that said things are done. I was mm. Like that's fine. Okay. And I kept trying pushing the buttons to try to change it to reset it and yeah. uh, nothing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you're supposed to turn off the power and turn it back on. So. Yeah. Turned off the power and uh, turned it back on and uh, nothing now at all. You can't turn it back on. Nothing's going on mm-hmm. at all. So, uh, yeah. So i got to uh, t- uh, talk to my landlord, get this fixed. And uh, means uh, a big kitchen cleaning time. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, should, you should have, uh, you should have people over. Like Lisa and I, and that really encourages you to clean the nooks and crannies that you have been ignoring for months. Yep. I tell you sure. right now. We'll, uh, we'll do, we'll do. You, okay, here's... Here, you kept playing, uh, oh, let me just say, you kept playing this please. little uh, YouTube video, which is, it's a bit too long, but there's a funny part where it's a guy pretending to be a mum getting the house ready because guests are coming over and he's like running around carrying a, a vacuum cleaner and he's like, uh, 
Have you made your beds? No, it's too late. Throw them away. We gotta take. <laughs> we have to get rid of the couches. No one can know that we sat. It's just like that, it just, that's what it feels like when you have people coming over. It's just like you know, you're like, like you know, like we. I know that we're not we're not messy, but we're not super. You know, we like a bit of clutter and stuff like that. But nope, everything has to disappear as if we live a, a life like monks. You know, like it's. But anyway, what are you gonna say? Yeah, no, I feel no, I feel the I feel the exact same way, and and it's always like uh, when when you walk into a person's house and they go, uh, "Excuse the mess," and there's no mess, <laughs> and you're just like, "Well, now I get to trash the place because <laughs> you live in opposite land." So here we go, we're gonna trash the place. There it goes. Like honestly, you've got dogs and cats and chickens. Like it's gonna be a little messy. Yeah, it's gotta be. Otherwise, what do you what do you got the the animals and Plastic bags? No, forget it. We have, they have little p- plastic booties on. Uh, I'm going to tell you more boring uh, uh, shows uh, by Hal Sutherland. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Gilligan's Planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. All the Fat Albert stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. That was that. Uh, a show <laughs> you haven't seen called Mission Magic, but... Uh, no nope. bad. I've, to be honest with you, I've only of all the shows you name there. Yeah, I think the only one that I've seen is uh, the Fat Albert one. Brady Kids, hmm. the Groovy Ghoulies. Okay. And uh, and do you, hey Dave, do you like um, do you like Daffy Duck? Sure do. Do you like Porky Pig? Love Porky Pig. Well, you won't after you've seen <laughs> Daffy Duck and Porky Pig meet the Groovy Ghoulies. <laughs> How do you pull off that licensing? Uh, uh, little... I, I don't know, but it was. Uh, I, I, I sort of remember this as a kid, and it was. Uh, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I believe the. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, uh, the Dracula in it is played by Larry Storch, who we've discussed in a completely other podcast recently. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's uh, that's something else. Oh, and pat- oh, this is weird. Sorry. Yeah. I'm always interested when this character makes an appearance. Okay. Because this character always confused me as a kid. Mm. Uh, uh, you got Jane Webb playing uh, Petunia Pig, oh. who yeah. was in all the Porky Pig comics. We're like, it's Porky, and he's trying to do something with Petunia. Oh, but he's oh, he tried to carry the birthday cake, and he's uh, it's falling. <laughs> oh, Porky. You dumbass pig. <laughs> and she's like outraged. And you can always see a little of her underpants. It's like, why are we trying to make her sexy? What are we doing here, guys? What's the situation with this? I think it's supposed um, to be, I think it's supposed to, if you see their underpants, it's supposed to be more like, I know this sounds weird in our modern times, but I think it's supposed to be more like ch- childlike. Like his kids would wear, you know, clothes and stuff and they roll around in their. Just Porky always seemed like an adult to me. Like Porky well, was yeah, a, I know, a but that, that's the weird he's thing about it. Yeah, a lot of jobs. He's got a lot of. Jobs. In fact, he's a bit of a weathered older man who's made some <laughs> bad choices. Like if you were doing death of a salesman <laughs> yes. in the Bugs Bunny world, okay. Porky would be the guy. I like it. Uh, I like it. A man is not a, a, a piece of piece of fruit. <laughs> you know? He's like, but he, but, but, but not well, well liked. <laughs> don't know who would play his sons i know i know casting that in my head yeah, but yeah. petunia pig would be all over the comics like crazy all over the comics mm-hmm. and then it was like was she ever in a cartoon like i never remember a car like i've seen a lot of warner brothers cartoons and i can't remember like, uh, no i don't petunia think i don't pig. think so i don't think she was uh except maybe was... like a 
really old, old one from like the 30s when Porky was like, look, look just like Fatty Arbuckle, like out of man's proportions. <laughs> I think she was brought in to, to, you know, as part of that kind of suburbanization of, of the, uh, of the characters in the comics, you know, just to give them like some sort of motive outside of just, you know, pure like mayhem. So now he's got, now he has a girlfriend that he has to placate or placate, how you pronounce that word. And, and, uh, you know, buy things for, or have conflicts with and it, you know. Okay. Well, let me tell you, Dave, I just decided to look it up. So Petunia was introduced in 1937 in a short film called Porky's Romance. Oh, now this film, yeah, which I do not know, mm-hmm. uh, was actually a parody of a uh, Walt Disney cartoon from 1932, okay. five years earlier, called Mickey's Nightmare. What? Yeah. Okay. And so Mickey Mouse in Mickey's Nightmare, yeah, marries his longtime girlfriend Minnie, uh, but Porky tries the same thing, uh, but she just laughs at him because he's an idiot. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, okay. Oh. So then she appeared in two more cartoons, okay. The Case of the Stuttering Pig, All right. a little on the nose, yeah. and Porky's Double Trouble, both in 1937. But then after that, uh, Bob Clampett was the only person to ever really uh, use her uh, in like 1939. And uh, then pretty much nothing, like just forget her, yeah. done. Yeah. And then uh, I guess way, 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 way later, they just... Went as Porky got a girlfriend. Yeah, this one. Okay, let's use her in the cartoons. But, well, well, yeah, Porky definitely became less popular after the in the forties and stuff. Like he wasn't used as much as uh, after that. I don't think. Like you know, Bugs Bunny took over as the kind of star of the show. Yeah, that was the deal. It was like no one cared about Porky, so like she was gone by the early forties yeah. and only really came back uh, in merchandising because mm. I guess they needed like. You know, girls will only buy clothing with a female pig on it. You know, girls, they love the female pigs. instead. Of, they, they'll go for a sow. They won't go for a male pig in their uh, merch. And so, yeah. <laughs> so it looks like uh, what I'm saying here about Daffy Duck and Porky Pig meet the Groovy Ghoulies, that classic uh, special that we all love so much from 1972. Yeah. Uh, that's where she made her comeback many, many years later. Wow. Aside from being a merchandise and in the comics. Yeah. So that's uh, that's her deal. That show that <laughs> that was a watershed. That show it certainly was. It was a big watershed. <laughs> it was a big a big moment for yeah in uh, pig related animated cartoons. <laughs> this is the moment in any other podcast where we'd uh, stop and go. Is anyone interested in this shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We've learned to never second guess ourselves. I think we've built our audience has built such a callus of tolerance <laughs> for our for our ramblings. Possibly, I am or an they... inch away from being Grandpa Simpson when I'm on this. <laughs> I think their fingers are sort of it, just sort of itch to inch along towards the fast forward button on the, <laughs> the podcast yeah. app. Skip, uh, skip. Still talking about Porky Pig. Skip, skip. And Porky Pig went to the skip, skip. Ah, oh, there we go. No more Porky Pig. What are they talking about now? Pretzels. Oh man, I love oh, here's pretzels. The, here's the thing about uh, about uh, <laughs> Tappy Doug and Porky Pig meet the Groovy Ghoulies. Oh my God! You've just after I brought up pretzels and they got all excited. You you, you did it. I know. I do want to get back to pretzels. That's but I just fine. I'm just joking. One, one fact. Okay, okay fact. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that uh, 
you got Mel Blanc doing the voices of uh, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd, Tweety, Sylvester, Falkhorn, Leghorn, Wally, Coyote, and Peppy Le Pew. Yeah. But the voices are still wrong. Really? Because uh, they fixed them. Uh, they, they make them funnier. So they kept speeding them up and slowing them down. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, like, Daffy Duck sounds basically like, uh, he, he's, he sounds more like Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he did Elmer Fudd because uh, the voice of Elmer Fudd, Arthur Q. Bryan, yeah. had died years before, and it wasn't worth digging him up and running air through his <laughs> Why not? He would be a groovy ghoulie. Oh, yeah. That would be a ghoulie-type uh, situation. Yeah. They, miss, oh, yeah, yeah, they missed a bad. chance. You, yeah. you blew it, Hell Sutherland. Yeah. Sorry about that, Arthur Q. Bryan. You, uh, <laughs> you have to remain in the ground. But thank you very much for bringing us Elmer Fudd yeah. and whoever the heck you played on Fibber, McGee, and Molly. And also played, uh, I think he played a, a police a police friend of William Powell on Rogue's Gallery. And okay. It's really weird because, like, you know, Rogue, i.e. William Powell, hard-boiled mm-hmm. detective, yeah. shows up at the police station to meet up with his friend who, you know, like all those sort of things does not seem to be his friend in <laughs> other than being described as his friend. You know what I mean? Like comes in, what do you want now rogue? <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's, Will, it's, it's uh, Elmer Fudd saying that like it's <clears> Elmer <throat> Fudd saying it. So you have to picture like hardball detective show, ser- totally serious show. Well, so, semi-serious. It's William Powell. Semi-serious, uh, Hardball detective show, you know he's he's your he's your Sam Spade, he's your he's your uh, Philip Marlowe, but he's he's uh, I can't remember his first name, Rogue something Rogue, and he he goes in the police station, he needs some help, but of course he has a kind of a, a, a you know kind of a love hate relationship with the police, and they he, he he loves the help they can give him, and they hate him, and mm-hmm. you know he goes in and then and then. It, he meets up with his crabby friend, you know, who's a sergeant or whatever, and and then you know, and he gets all mad at him for coming in. You know, what do you want? But it's Elmer Fudd, so it's just so weird, you know. It's just strange. I mean, obviously the guy didn't just play Elmer Fudd; he needed to eat, so he got he played other characters. But it's just it's just strange to to hear that voice in a different context. He also uh, he he pulled that off in a 1940s short film a Charlie Chase uh, short film called South of the Border okay. uh, where he's uh, trying to seduce uh, Chase's wife and at one point uh, does his FUD voice to try and seduce her. <laughs> Be very, very quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're having an affair. We... <laughs> yeah, he doesn't quite sound like Elmer Fudd, but his voice is still very much Elmer Fudd-like. You know, like he doesn't, he didn't like put on an Elmer Fudd voice. His right. Elmer Fudd voice is that he Pretended to have like, you know, a problem pronouncing uh, his R's, <laughs> but other than that, he's Arthur Q. Bryant. You know. Yeah, he was also in a couple of the road movies with uh, Bob Hope and. Oh, okay, Cross. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure he was a character actor. He did a lot of kind of probably did a lot of television later on and and stuff. Now like here's that. a here's a question I have that uh, you might you might know the answer to, because um, I've never I've never seen a road movie. Okay. I've never I've never seen any of them. I've seen a couple so, of them, but it's been a while. But ask okay. me a question. Ask me a question. So here, my question is: When they uh, wrong? Okay. Did they go to these places, or was it all just in stu- on the on the lot? Oh, it's all it's all on the lot. Yes, it's all on the lot. So sure. they would never go anywhere. No, for they would never thing. go to Bali. I don't know. They're you know they were Timbuktu. 
they were said, so, well, they didn't go to Timbuktu, uh, but like, uh, why, why wouldn't they go to Rio? You know, because you go to Rio. But even movies that were like other movies based in Rio weren't in Rio. Okay, but this is a successful series of movies. Like flying Sounds down like- to Rio wasn't it? Wasn't actually in Rio. Okay, it was just in the studio, and they they decorated it to look like they were in Rio. Okay, because studios yeah. studios in those days they liked the control of having their their productions on the lot. They didn't want to give people, you know, a chance a, a chance to leave and then and then do stuff that was outside of their control. Okay, I thought it might have just been, you know, hey, let's see the world. The world's uh, beautiful, and uh, you know, uh, we're film. Maybe people would like to see, yeah, uh, Bali. Maybe yeah. they'd like to see uh, Hong Kong. Uh, but uh, nope. But no, the world. I mean, it would have been really difficult to do that too, because there wouldn't have been like crews there to like nowadays. Of course, if you go to another country, there's going to be people there who can, you know, act as a film crew. And do all the right. film crew things you need. Some places might be a little better than others, but they all have like people there who who can step in. But in those days, there would have been no one to to do that. Like there would be no like if you went to you know Hong Kong, there'd be no one there who would, who would be able to do like a Hollywood movie. You know, well, that's fair. Uh, do, I so, just think uh, logistically it would have, and and also Bing Crosby and Bob Hope probably wouldn't have wanted to travel to those places. You know, they just wanted to like you know leave the golf course drive to the studio, do their couple hours of work, and then go back to the golf course. Okay. That's too bad. Uh, <laughs> hey, fine. they got well paid for it. What do they care? Yeah, they did. And so I'm going to now list the road movies. And here we go. Okay. Road, road to Singapore. Okay. Road to Zanzibar. I've seen that one. Road to Morocco. Okay. Road to Utopia. I've seen that. I like that one. That's good. That, that's where they go to the Yukon. Oh, do they? Yeah, Utopia. Okay. Like It's the idea they're going to like a... They're going to get like make... Uh, cashed it in on the gold rush. So, no, oh, nice. Okay, uh, road to uh, Rio, mm-hmm. road to Bali, road to Hong Kong. I've seen road to Bali as well. And do you know what the final film was supposed to be before uh, Crosby rudely died of a heart attack? <laughs> Jerk. Uh, road. So they did road to Hong Kong. Road to. It's a fictional location. Oh, and it was. Uh, they would have uh, ran into something there. They would have helped him not to die. It's a fictional location. Fictional location. And would have ran into and something. It would have, uh, they ran, would have run into something there that would have helped him not to die. Huh. Uh, so is it Shangri-La? It would have made you immortal, this thing. Shangri-La? No. Oh, okay. Um, made you immortal. It was also the basis for the fantastic sitcom, uh, Saturday morning sitcom, Big John, Little John. <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. What was it? It was the uh, Road to the Fountain of Youth. Oh, Road to the Fountain of Youth. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So they're just going to Florida. Yeah. And uh, uh, Witch Python wanted to carry on the road uh, movie. Uh, Eric Idle. That's right. With Road to? Road to Rutland. Mars. Very close. Very close. <laughs> Mars we were looking at. Yeah. I was a bit, a bit off. I was off by 5,000 miles. Yeah. Or more. And in, and in 10, Sweden, the first, the first film, the title was... Uh, which was Road to Singapore. Yeah. Uh, in Sweden, it was called Two Jolly Sailors Go Ashore. <laughs> huh. Um, you know, they're a good team. I think Bob Hope actually is quite quite funny. Like, I'm a big fan of My Favorite Brunette. Okay, yeah. Where he played a baby photographer who gets mistaken for a detective. And because he's, you know, more than a little attracted to the woman who's the damsel in distress, he pretends to be a hard-boiled detective and uh, gets 
caught up in all kinds of zany adventures, but it's quite good. And then, um, and I also like Ghost Breakers. I think that's what it's called. With him, now, uh, I think, and I think Roch, uh, Eddie Rochester Anderson. Now, when uh, this this week uh, on Fan Splainers, we talked about uh, Ghostbusters. We did. Um, so, uh, what was Ghost Breakers? What was the premise behind Ghost Breakers? I don't remember now. I saw that when I was a teenager. Okay. I think it's. I think it involves him and Eddie. His okay. Who I think plays his valet or whatever, and they go to this house and then I think he's like inherited it maybe and they're supposed to live there or something I can't remember exactly okay that seems like uh, about 40% of movies where there's a whale you gotta spend <laughs> a million dollars. yeah maybe so yeah like, like the cat and the canary or one of those sort of movies yeah no. so he wasn't a professional ghost hunter or anything like that no I don't believe so no no okay like, just just a pure happenstance ends up in a in a situation where Eddie Roger Stranderson gets to look bug-eyed hilarious yeah sure and what what was the mickey donald and goofy uh their ghost hunters oh uh, yeah called? the because they get all these mixed up yeah is that one of the ghost chasers could be ghost chasers that one you can see on prime right now i'm mean, sorry not prime on disney plus right now okay yeah lonesome ghosts that's what it's called lonesome ghosts oh was it okay yeah, yeah. all right i had that one on a uh, fisher price project or film camera me too which was so great because it was cell by cell and you could go backwards and forwards and so you could like watch the animation really slowly and you could, you could kind of go like because you could turn that little handle on the side and you go click 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 or you could go like normal speed and just watch it but it had no sound but or go click click or then but you could also go backwards yeah that and, was the best and rewind it and watch the water you know all go back and then at the end of the end of the thing they fled the house yeah so it was perfect for it. Yeah, it was really. I only had that one movie with the camera for. I got it for Christmas, and I guess my parents didn't realize that. You know, maybe I would need other movies for it. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, anyway, I so a, I just had that one film. I would just, but I would watch it over and over again. Yeah, I had a Kenner Give a Show projector, which was very similar. Uh, which, but that that would project it on the wall, so I got to watch oh, okay. uh, like some Bugs Bunny cartoons and so on. So that, yeah, you, then you stop them and rewind them and watch them frame by frame. So you really get kind of an idea of how animation works. It's, uh, it's yeah, great. it's quite quite. Yeah, cool. I, I had that. I had uh, the ghost the ghost breakers. I think came with the camera, and then I also bought a bunch of uh, uh, Spider Man, like the Bakshi Spider Man uh, comics, uh, not comics, but uh, you know films. Okay, uh, so okay. Those were uh, those were fun. Yeah, well, that's a good. Yeah, they got me wanting to watch Ghost Breakers. Hmm. The okay. the Bob Hope one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah worth, I, it's worth a view. Yeah, apparently it's based on a, a play called The Ghost Breaker. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it says don't confuse it with the film with uh, the 1914 film The Ghost Breaker or the 1922 film The Ghost Breaker. <laughs> this it's, is this is based on the Breaker. 1909 play The Ghost Breaker. Mm. Don't confuse those. Don't get them mixed up. Don't confuse it with Hold That Ghost, uh, the <laughs> Abbott and Costello movie. <laughs> don't get mixed up. And again, I've never seen any of the Abbott and Costello meet uh, movies either. I've seen one of them. And which one was this? I'm not sure. It was one where, just to give you a sense of which one it was, maybe you can guess from this. So Abbott and Costello, and they're in a house, and they're in the dark, and they're looking for something. Okay. And then Abbott finds something that's really scary, but he can't speak to tell Abbott that he's found something really scary. And Abbott, who seems to be just crabby for no reason, 
<laughs> and uh, Abbott's, uh, of course, impatient that he's unable to speak. And he's, what is it, Costello? And what is it, Lou? And Lou can't, uh, Lou can't seem to. Uh... So I don't know. Do you know which movie that is? <laughs> I think that's everyone. Oh well, then that's not very pretty, helpful, was it? Pretty, pretty sure. I really, I honestly don't remember because that's that. Like you know, when I was a kid, uh, I guess I still am. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed with with comedy. You know, I just wanted to see every comedy that I could find. You know, and I just was really interested in comedy. That's why you know, like I watched The Balloon Attic on for whatever reason it was played in the afternoon on P- on PBS on Channel Nine KCTS. And I was at my grandma's, but I just like did nothing. I just sat and watched that for the 15, 20 minutes that it was on. It was a Buster Keaton short. And I just thought that was great, you know, because it was funny. And then, you know, that's, I just would always look for comedy. But And then you'd hear about things like Abbott and Costello, and you'd be like, well, I guess I should watch one of their movies. And then I watched that movie, and I was just like, I guess they don't have to watch any more of their movies. So. I guess, I guess not. It's uh, the Abbott and Costello uh, Meet Frankenstein film is apparently the 56th funniest American movie, according to the American Film Institute. Yeah. Yeah. So, that... you know, sit on back and uh, and have yourself a laugh someday. Hmm. Guess sure. what? What's the number one movie? Oh, uh, well, the number one American movie. Oh, here we go. I don't know if it's just American movies. Oh, okay. This is a, this is a very good uh, Who put together point. this list? Sorry. Uh, the American Film Institute. So they're all American. Uh, so sure. I'm going to guess. All right. I'm going to guess that. When did this list come out? Okay. Uh, that is an excellent question that I do not know the answer to. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, let me just. Fairly think. recently. Fairly recently, recently. Fairly recently. Fairly recently. Okay. I'm going to guess that their funniest movie, top number one funniest movie, mm-hmm. is. This is a favorite film, Bar None. Everyone loves this movie. Is mm-hmm. uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, Young Frankenstein. No, but that is, a, that is a curiosity that you would say that. I'm kind of curious where Young Frankenstein would be on the list. Sorry for hearing typing. Yeah. It's number 13, though. Good uh, good pull there. Good pull. Good pull. Huh. Okay. Okay, can I just ask, is it more recent or is it an older film? 1959. It's not. It's a mat. No, that's a 60s movie. Billy Wilder movie. Oh, Billy Wilder movie. Oh, Some Like It Hot. Yep. And a thematically similar mm-hmm. uh, film from 1982 yeah. is the number two movie. Thematically similar to Some Like It Hot. 1982. Does this star Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor? It does not star them, okay, but okay. it stars someone doing something that uh, uh, Jack Lemon and uh, Tony Curtis did in Some Like It oh, Hot. Oh, Tootsie. Yeah, got it. Tootsie is, this is Tootsie number or, two. Is that really a funny movie? Tootsie? I mean, it has uh, Bill Murray's funny in it. I mean, it has funny parts, but it's not like a comedy. It's more like a dramedy or something. Okay. Don't you think so? Uh, yeah, I like Bill Murray. I guess I'm trying. I can't remember laughing a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a fine one movie, nutty but it's Hospital is pretty great. Great, great line. What do you say? Sorry, say it again. Sorry. Uh, that's one nutty hospital is a pretty great line. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the top ten here and uh, just take you through it and give okay. you clues. And okay, you. okay, sure, sure. Number three. Okay. Number three is from 1964. It's one of these movies that people go, yeah, that's a really that's a really good movie. Oh, it's Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, you got it, of course. Uh, but we need the full title, Dave. Or how I learned how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. 
Well, you didn't give us the colon, otherwise. <laughs> number. I gave number, my colon to science. Number four. Yeah. Uh, 1977 movie. 1977 one best picture. 77 one best picture in 1977 mm. would be Annie Hall. You're absolutely correct. Number five is a film we talked about on one of our podcasts. Oh, really? Podcast was okay. a Marx Brothers podcast. Oh. What do they consider the funniest Marx Brothers movie? Probably Night of the Opera. That is incorrect. Oh, dang it. Uh, is it Duck Soup? Yes, sir. Interesting. 1933's Duck Soup. Everyone, everyone loves Duck Soup who doesn't love the Marx Brothers. Ah. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like I think that's a a good one that you you say as a standby, and I I think I would have I would have said that before rewatching the films for full marks, but I certainly did change my mind. Okay. But anyway, go on. I'm having fun doing this, by the way. So oh, I'm uh, enjoying it too. I'm enjoying I, it. I may go to top twenty. We'll see. Okay. Um, God. Uh, number six is yeah. from 1974. 1974. It's a film that people say, well, you you couldn't do that today, but you could. You could. They're wrong. <laughs> but uh, 1974. I need one more clue. Uh, you need one more. You need one more clue. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it is a Gene Wilder movie. It is a Gene Wilder. Well, it's a Gene Gene Wilder movie. Or oh, it's... yeah, he's got one of the leads in it. Oh, it's, it's not. It's not how I learned. Or not. Sorry. Everything. I, everything. Wanted to know about nope. sex. We're afraid to ask. Oh, okay. Uh, seventy-four. Oh, Blazing Saddles. Duh, what yes, an sir. Idiot. What an idiot I am. Number seven is a movie we have talked about. You think you could do that movie uh, nowadays? And... You think you could do that movie nowadays? Oh, this is the thing. I like, don't think so. I don't, you know, because Westerns don't sell. Oh, that would be the one problem. Yes, Westerns <laughs> are the issue. I go on. I know when they go like, uh, whenever like Mel Brooks, bless him, and he's, he's, he's great. Yeah. But like that when Mel Brooks goes like, you know, oh, you couldn't do that movie nowadays. And then he's like, you know, we had to fight so hard for that fart scene. It's like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, I think that'd be, the, that, that'd be the easiest thing to sell. In that and then movie, you're yeah. like, yeah, you can't do the racial stuff. Have you heard of Dave Chappelle? <laughs> Have you seen a Chris Rock special? Have you seen South Park? Yeah, you can do it now. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, number seven, it's weird because they actually spelt the title wrong. Oh. Yeah, it's a film we've talked about a bit. Mm. Uh, and they put in asterisks. Oh, in MASH, here. I guess? Yeah, they don't have... MASH does not, I believe, have asterisks. Or does it in the... Uh, in the uh, in the movie version, well, I don't. How do they does. break up the name Mash then? I think they just called it Mash. The movie, the movie version, the TV show had ma- had Mash with the asterisks. I don't think the title. Oh, now I got to look this up. This is bothering me. Uh, Mash movie. Uh, yeah, I think I think the movie Mash uh, just was uh, just was straight out. Yeah, is it? Oh no, sorry. It look it looks like Mash does have the asterisks. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah, we know one knows. No one knows. Oh, I, okay. I think, oh, MASH the novel doesn't. Ah. MASH the film does. Okay. okay. I guess they wanted to make it clear that it was a, a acronym. Yeah. Now we're getting a little tricky here. Uh, I this guess is an the, acronym. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And this next film stars an acronym. Um, <laughs> it actually stars Clark Gable. It's from 1934. It happened one night. It certainly did That's happen a great movie. By Frank Capra. A great, great movie. That movie killed t-shirt sales, like undershirt sales, in one night. Oh, why don't you tell us that story? Oh, well, it's just in the movie, uh, Clark Gable poo-poos men wearing uh, undershirts as not being manly. And uh, men went, it isn't? Oh, I better stop buying them then. So they did. They stopped. 
Oh, that's great. Okay. Uh, not for not for Haynes, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you guess the next two, and then I'll just burn through the rest. I'll no, no, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this. Okay, in that case, uh, number nine. Yeah. Is a movie starring uh, the person who was in the number two movie? Uh, I have to refresh my memory. What was the number two movie? Tootsie. Tootsie. Oh, okay. And this came out when? Sorry. 1967. The Graduate. Yep. Uh, number ten mm-hmm. uh, is uh, from 1980. Uh, it uh, it was one of the first kind of. Uh, parody movies oh airplane yes it was number 11 1968 1968 is it mash it was it was uh not mash again it was not mash uh it was uh it was made by one of the directors we've already uh talked about and uh it later got made into a successful musical in fact Uh, the producers yeah yes indeed number 12 marx brothers movie that you already mentioned (laughs) the night of the opera Number 13. Young Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. yeah. Number 14 is uh, is also a Cary Grant movie from 1938. Cary Grant movie from 1938. If I said the director was Howard Hawks, would that help you in any way? If I told you... you say, oh, sorry. Sorry. You said Cary Grant. I'm sorry. I was thinking uh, getting mixed up with Clark Gable. Sorry. Uh, it would be uh, Bringing Up Baby. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah, well, it's a you know movie. What? I like Cary Grant so much, I'm going to give you Cary Grant for number 15 as well. 1940 <laughs> Cary Grant movie. This one. Philadelphia Story? By, what's, oh, God damn. Really good. Well done, you. Number uh, 16 yeah. is, uh, oh, man, it's got one of the best musical numbers ever in it. Singing in the Rain? Yeah, boom. There you are. Uh, number, <laughs> number, number 17 has been made into at least four TV sitcoms, I believe. Uh, remade into at least four TV sitcoms. It's from 1968 was the film. It was based on a play. Four TV sitcoms. Including one that was uh, animated. They did it, uh, they did it a female version. They uh, did uh, a version where the two leads uh, were black. They did a version (laughs) um, Oh, the odd couple. Yes, sir. Sorry. Should have got that. You confused me with the, I didn't realize there were that many versions of The Odd Couple. Interesting. But I guess Laverne and Shirley was The Odd Couple, right? Uh, the, Laverne, no, Laverne and Shirley, uh, Laverne was actually in The Odd Couple um, TV series, though. Yeah, yeah. But, but don't, I was, sisters. but the show itself wasn't like a version of The Odd Couple, or was that different? They weren't like, they weren't like no, that different from each other. No, they were okay. spin off of Happy Days, but there was okay. a female version, I believe, of The Odd Couple. Oh, okay. And okay. it was The Oddball Couple, which was an animated series about a cat and dog living together and um the conf- and the dog was the slob the cat was the priss and <laughs> what, the, um, what a twist who could see i that remember coming. one episode yeah. where the dog was looking after an actual cat cat yeah. that was like a cat and the cat was oh but you know i'm allergic to cats and it's like well, you're a cat this makes no sense <laughs> all right so upset uh number 18 mm-hmm. is a uh, buster keaton production oh it would be the general uh, read a number, very interesting article about that the other day. What did they say? Oh, it was someone who revisited the town where the movie was shot uh, so many years ago. I guess it was, came out in 1927, so that'll give you a sense of how long ago it was. And uh, yeah, it was a place in in, in Oregon. I was going to say Portland. It was a place in Oregon called Cottage Grove, and it was a small town. Still a small town, but really small town then. And basically, for a whole year, the industry of that town was Buster Keaton filming the general there, but it had exactly what they wanted, which was two parallel tracks beside each other, uh, so that they could run one car 
they could have the train running on one track and then they could have another train on the other track with the camera on it. And mm. basically they had like 50, I don't, I'm not too sure, like a hundred yards of track. And then they would have to like reset everything and then shoot, start shooting again and slightly change the camera angle so that it didn't look exactly the same every time. But they basically filmed the entire movie in the same uh, stretch of like a football field of length of, of, of ground that they shot in. That they could so yeah it was kind of, it was quite interesting and then um then it was describing um the the big the big climax of the film where where the train uh goes over the burning trestle track and crashes down into the creek which Buster Keaton did not want to do with miniature and so it was an actual train and an actual trestle they built the trestle themselves across this creek and then they sawed through it and weakened it and then they put explosives in it to make sure that it would blow up and and then, yeah, and apparently, like, about 4,000 people traveled from all over the area, from, you know, from everywhere, from California, from Port, from from Oregon, from Washington, Idaho, wherever. The people just came, and so there's 4,000 people, and so they all had to be, like, kind of carefully made, you know, made clear that they could only stand in this area so that the camera wouldn't, they wouldn't actually get into the shot. Because it was a one-time-only shot. There was 11 cameras pointing, and the train came across, and the the driver jumped out at the last minute and there was a so there was a mannequin of the, like a paper mache mannequin of the driver and then the train went onto the tracks and then the whole thing collapsed down into the water and the train went crashing down and then there was like this ghostly cry of the train as 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 the as the whistle went because all the steam pouring out of it because of the heat in the water and so it made the all the steam come out and it so it had this long drawn out death rattle i guess and yeah it was quite quite the amazing shot and Buster Keaton was very happy yeah and it even had like talked about like the actress that he hired for the role she wasn't really an experienced actress she her experiences were uh, being one of Max Sennett's bathing beauties who were like these act you know obviously like models who would appear in promotional stuff like that wearing bathing suits you know, and, and they're also beauties I guess but yeah so he hired her but didn't really explain like what she would be required to do like being put in thrown into a sack and stepped on and things like that and uh so apparently at one point when he did some stunt with her that she wasn't expecting she she just reacted without thinking and punched him in the face and and gave him a black eye and they had to stop filming for a few days for his eye to settle down and uh and she said she said she thought he was really cold and aloof mm -hmm. and really unfriendly but then she realized later that it was just because he was very shy so he he tended to you know not be very uh because he didn't know her very well, so he, he kind of was aloof. But um, but I guess he warmed up later on. And then apparently, uh, the town had a, its own baseball team, and so and Buster Keaton's uh, crew they had their own baseball team, and so they would stage games on Sundays and charge the crowd money to see the game, and then they would give the money to charity. So yeah, it was quite a quite nice. a great story. Yeah, it was a great story. Unfortunately, the movie was a big flop at the time. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah. I, I liked hearing your uh, sorry. I liked hearing you talking about the trestle trestle run. Yeah. All I know is that they made the trestle run in less than twelve parsecs. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. It's, well, luckily, I had eleven cameras to see it. <laughs> well, that's very cool. That's a good story. Um, okay, we got uh, two more of these here. Sure. Uh, Nineteen forty. Uh, we got a we got a film. Yeah. Uh, this is a film starring Ralph Bellamy. Ralph Bellamy. Rosalind Russell. Okay. Keeping out the main. Uh, lead. It's the awful truth. No, it is no, no, not. sorry, no, sorry. My favorite, no, my favorite. No, no, no. Oh, it's Cary Grant's in it too, right? You're correct, and it's uh, directed by Howard Hawks. Oh my God, what do I think? It's his Girl Friday. Yep. I was getting mixed up. I was thinking about 
there's another one, but it's not. Ro- I don't think it's Rosalind Russell in that one, but it's uh, also has Ralph Bellamy, Cary Grant, and I think that's my favorite wife or something. That's where I can't remember now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go on. Number t- number twenty. Yeah. I don't I, like. I get that it's a. Uh, you can call it a comedy, mm. but man, it's dark. The, the Elephant Man. Yep, it was the Elephant Man. That's right. <laughs> That was absolutely it. You got it completely right. The Elephant Man from 1960. No, it's 1960. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, let's, uh, maybe the director will just give it to you completely. Um, one of the stars is Fred McMurray. Okay. That's kind of the heavy in it. Yeah. Um, 1960. Shirley, Shirley McLean. The Apartment, I guess. It is, yeah. Oh. That's a dark movie, man. It is a very dark movie. I wouldn't really, I wouldn't describe that as a comedy either. I can't think of a laugh in it. No, no, not in not in these modern times. Now I'm going to just take us to 21, just because I find this probably is like the most la- the one that I laugh the loudest at. Okay, and uh, and that I've got a painful childhood memory about. Okay, um, maybe not even childhood, but All you right. know, I think uh, 1988. Okay, 1988 is the uh, is the film. All right, it is uh, is directed by uh, Charles uh, Critchen. Charles Crichton, okay. Crichton. This sounds uh, like A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah, it's A Fish Called Wanda, absolutely. Okay. Uh, John Cleese, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, uh, Michael Palin. Uh, Michael Michael Palin accidentally killing the dogs destroyed me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Destroyed me. It was just yeah. one of the sh- most shocking, funny things. And I hate animal violence, but my God, that was funny. <laughs> there are just su- such great scenes in it. Just scene yeah. after scene that was just plain hilarious. So funny that I said to my parents, "Yeah, you gotta see this movie." Okay. Well, <laughs> they decided to see the movie. Yes. And bring my grandmother along. Okay. Well. Well. Um. Uh. They did not like the ribald humor, mm. and my mother and grandmother left in uh, to go to see a movie in another theater. What movie was that? Didn't matter. They just had to get out of there. Yeah. And uh, my uh, dad stayed and watched the movie and. Uh, Later confessed to me that he enjoyed it, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I was to be shamed for like suggesting such a, a sexual. That's so funny. Ra- ra- I'm like, good God! I like, would I never make that mistake that I would recommend I, recommend something to my parents. But I used to watch Python with my grandparents. Yeah, yeah. Like we would laugh at that. We'd watch Bizarre. Yeah. You know, we'd watch all this stuff, and it was like, yeah. But apparently, this was just too much for everyone involved. Too and, uh, much. There you go. All right, I'm just going to burn. Charles, Charles Creighton was a he directed a lot of Ealing comedies. Oh, nice. Okay, like Kind Hearts and Coronets and The Lady Killers and other movies like that. Very good. All right, I'm just going to say movies. You tell me if you've seen Passport to Pimlico. Dave, have you seen Adam's Rib? Yes, with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. With, with yeah, with uh, Carson Kanan, director and writer, with his wife Ruth Gordon, with a role in the movie. Would you recommend people see it? Oh yeah. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. Oh, that's a really good movie. Actually, Eve, I made Eve watch it for the first time just the other day, and she, she, when we finished watching it, she said, "She goes, I can't believe it took me this long to watch this movie. It was so good." But why would she watch it otherwise? Like, what's, what's no, no, I agree, I agree. But yeah. she likes romantic comedies, and I think that's a really great example of a. I think that's one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really good movie. Like, and everyone, everyone really at their best. Oh my gosh! And, and things you forget about, like, like I forgot Carrie Fisher was in it. Because I hadn't yeah. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the movie theater, right? So, I I, I wanted to see it. I just said, "Oh, you got to see this movie. It's like so. It has so many cultural touchstones that you'll be watching, going, oh, that's where that comes from.' <laughs> so, but she really enjoyed I, it. 
I always think that Rob Reiner was married at some point to her, but no, she, he was married to Penny Marshall, That's right. who was like her best friend. So mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. all they were all hanging out. Uh, <laughs> Born Yesterday is number 24. Ah, uh, yes, with Judy Holliday. Yeah. Uh, the Gold Rush, 1925. Isn't it weird that Charlie Chaplin doesn't get a look in? This is a kind of, you know, I feel like, I feel like the pendulum will, will swing again and, and Chaplin will be more popular. That's another thing I was reading, actually, was or listening to, was a, an interview with um, Buster Keaton done by Studs Terkel, who, by the way, has one of the greatest names of all time, <laughs> who was, a I think, a Chicago journalist. And it's an interview with, with, with uh, Buster Keaton, who was promoting, might have been promoting Limelight, but I'm not, not certain. He does mention it in an interview. But he's talking about... You know, he's describing like the comedy of that time, how they how they did it, you know, some of the how they planned it, you know. And he just said, you know, like we, could, you know, someone would come up with an idea, and he'd be like, okay, this sounds great. How are we going to end it? And if you couldn't think of a good ending for the movie, you didn't make it. Oh, you wouldn't bother because the middle would take care of itself, but the ending, you just had to have an ending before you even started filming. And I thought that was really interesting. I an interesting attitude. So, like, yeah, when they came up with the con- with the concept they would come up with the ending before they even thought of writing this, the middle of the movie. I thought that was very interesting. And then uh, Charlie Chaplin, he was, they were talking a little bit about Limelight and he was saying that he thought that Charlie Chaplin was one of the, the greatest directors who'd ever worked in pictures. And he was talking about um, a movie. I think it was uh, the, uh, the lady from Hong Kong. Is that a movie that he did? Anyway, it doesn't matter. He, uh, and, he, and there's a scene in the film where he wanted an actor in the film to, to um, show that their relationship was more than just what you thought, you know? And so he just put a scene in the, it just had a scene where the guy reaches, goes into a drawer and grabs a tie out of a, a, a drawer and puts it on. Mm-hmm. And then you know, oh, this, they have a relationship that's more than just what we think it is, you know? And he just thought that was such, such an interesting use of that sort of subtlety in a movie that, that uh, he just, yeah, he just felt like Charlie Chaplin, out of all of them, that he, he just thought he was like one of the best, uh, the best directors. And, yeah, I'm surprised like Modern Times or something like that didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. In the it's in the a, top it's, it's twenty, an interesting like interesting one to to see this uh, this low on the list. Yeah, or that high on the list. Yeah, yeah. Or is that low? Well, as in like low. Yeah, in, yeah. Low, low as in yeah. It's weird that you don't have a Chaplin in the top in the top twenty. Yeah, like if you're gonna put Keaton in there, you have to put Chaplin. I mean, you can't. You got to a b that that sucker. And uh, you know, we've been through two Marx Brothers movies already. Yeah, yeah. And I just yeah, it just feels to me like, and I I do think that. Chaplin has been unfairly tarred with the sentimental brush for his movies, but really only City Lights and The Kid are really the two like super sentimental films. And City Lights is so heartbreakingly beautiful. That movie is such a such a a heartbreaker that you know be sentimental, Charlie. Go ahead and do it because mm-hmm. it's it's just it's miraculous. The Kid is murder too. Like it'll make you cry watching The Kid for sure. Uh, the uh... Again, this is uh, the next film is one that uh, I don't necessarily think is hilarious, mm. but it's uh, it's well done. Uh, Hal Ashby movie. Okay, uh, 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 I'm gonna guess what it is. Seventy nine. Oh, seventy nine. Being there. Yep. I thought it was gonna be Harold and Maude because that is a good movie. Yeah, I I would go Harold and Maude over Being There, but yeah. you know we love Peter Sellers, so what are you gonna do? And it won the Oscar. And won the Oscar. And I read the uh, <laughs> Mad Magazine version before I saw the. <laughs> I have never seen the uh, movie. Oh, it's uh, it's worth a watch. It's yeah, worth a watch. I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's pretty well known. It's uh, your uh, Harry Met Sally. You should watch it. Um, <laughs> and number uh, number twenty seven is a fairly modern film. We're okay. to see one uh, from nineteen ninety eight. 
Okay. And uh, it's got Ben Stiller in it. Yes. Matt Dillon. Yeah. Oh, there's something about Mary. Yeah. yeah. Which that's, I that's do at the good time movie. thought it was a very funny movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a good movie. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. I'm sure if I saw it now, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chris yeah. Elliott does a really nice job in there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. As the... Chris Elliott is this guy who just floats around and does really good stuff. <laughs> He's great on Schitt's Creek. Like, yeah. yeah, like he's in Schitt's Creek, yeah. yeah. Just floats around and it's like, oh yeah, remember him? <laughs> and uh, I, I bet yeah. if I watched Cabin Boy now, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. But I liked it at the time. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, number twenty-eight, and is they convinced uh, David Letterman to be in it, which is a very hard thing to do. Yeah, but he had a nice, uh, funny, uh, funny part. Yeah, uh, and uh, and it was one of the first appearances uh, by Andy Richter. Oh yeah, yeah, he's one of the leads. Yeah, yeah, that's that. right. Uh, coming off of the. Uh, Coming off of the the real Brady Bunch, yeah, that's it's something the, Brady Bunch, the live show, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, where's Mike Brady? Uh, number twenty eight is the movie we did on fan splainers this week. Ghostbusters. That's right. Number twenty nine is another Rob Reiner movie from nineteen eighty four. Uh, Spinal Tap. That is. Uh, can we get the full name, please? This is Spinal Tap. Thank you very much. <laughs> number thirty yes. is the last one. I'm going to get you to guess. Okay. Is a Frank Capra movie from 1944. 1944. I'm going to give you the third lead first. Wait, 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 wait. No, no. 44. It's going to be uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's incorrect. Raymond Massey's in this movie. Third lead is Raymond Massey. Frank Capra film with Raymond Massey. Number two in the leads is Priscilla Lane. Man, this is not helping me. Okay. Well, telling you the writer was Julius... uh, Epstein wouldn't help you either, I'm sure. No, it wouldn't help me at all. Would it help you to learn that the lead was Cary Grant? Oh, that one. Oh, yes. She's. I forgot that he directed uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Yep. Oh, yeah, hey, yeah. don't think that Capra directed Arsenic and Old Lace. You really don't. No, no. Yeah, you kind of... Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that movie. I, I don't think it deserves to be there. Okay. It's a stage play, and it feels like a stage play. A little bit, yeah. I do like the I do like the guy who the brother who thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, I would advise people to uh, look up uh, AFI's American Film Institute list Mm -hmm. and uh, you know have a discussion with your friends. It's fun. I did pretty. I did pretty good. You did very good. Good for you. Thank you. And now, on a complete side note, when I opened up that Mash thing, one of the first things that hit me was uh, from the book Mash, Mm -hmm. uh, their plot with Father Mulcahy. Okay. Really quickly. Sure. Um, and uh, see if you can guess what they did to Father Mulcahy. Father Mulcahy, yeah. um, the uh, Swamp Men, that would be your you know, Hawkeye and Trapper, yeah. uh, objected to his habit of writing uh, ghostwriting cheerful letters from soldiers uh, to their families uh, without checking the, serious of, the seriousness of the wounds. So it would always be, things are great, I'm coming home soon. And unfortunately, a patient died. Uh, after the letter uh, saying that was uh, was was sent off, yeah. they were very upset with Father Mulcahy for writing these letters. Yes, so they took him and lashed him to a wooden cross. <laughs> what did they do to him next, Dave? What would you think they did to him next? Again, you got Father Mulcahy, yeah. Hawkeye, and Trapper there. Yeah. They've la- and Duke. They've lashed him to a wooden cross. Okay. This chaplain, yeah. what they do next to teach him a lesson? Uh, did, did it involve being stripped? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, did they spray him with water? 
they did not spray him with water, but they did spray him with something. They didn't urinate on him. They did not urinate on him. Okay, no, good. <laughs> okay. Um, what did they do? Spray a fire hydrant? A fire extinguisher? Quite uh, the opposite, Dave. Oh. What did they... Sp- <laughs> I don't know. They didn't put gasoline on him, did they? A little bit, yeah. They threatened to burn him alive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they lashed him to a wooden cross and threatened <laughs> to burn him alive if he would do that again. They decided not to do it again. Because the book was a little harsher than the, the TV show. Oh, boy. Well, I'm pick- you remember... You remember in the movie with the with the guy who wanted to uh, commit suicide? So they John, the whole last John Shuts. John Shuts. That's absolutely right. Painless, uh, painless a dentist. That's correct. And so, uh, what most well endowed to... dentist in uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, in the movie, what yeah. did they do to him to uh, to snap him out of it? How do you mean, like prete- uh, when he pretends to commit suicide, or they? They had, yeah, they had a pretend suicide. Yeah, with they, the black, they, they had the black pill. They made him. Yeah, they had a black pill and made him think that he was going to die. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he didn't. Um, oh, instead, they had a nurse who was going home come in and uh, do the once over with him, and then uh, she left with a smile on her face. Right. So here's what they did in the book. Uh, instead, they sedated him. Yes. Uh, uh, hooked him to a harness okay. and dropped him from a helicopter. <laughs> And that ended his depression. Well, at least it, it, it probably ended his desire to commit suicide when he... Because basically what they're doing was pretending he was going to jump to his death. Yep. And then they... Those stories... You know, neither... The movie MASH... Yes, it is, sir. It doesn't feel totally realistic. But it doesn't feel totally unrealistic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it does have, like, an element of reality to it. You know, not just and not just the surgery sequences. I just mean, like, people's behavior around each other in a stressful place in a stressful time in a place where you feel dislocated your your family's a thousand miles or thousands thousands of miles away and you know you're lonely and everything else it feels real but that book that you're reading this book you're discovering to me now feels like these are tall tales that this guy was telling people for years and he decided to write them down but they have stretched in the telling well, let me, let me do a long one. way in the return. I'll give you one more and then I'll leave you alone with this. I'm just going to point out that Father Mulcahy in the movie MASH was played by René Aubergeon-Junois. That is correct. From Deep Space Nine and Benson and other things. I was well. going to say Brewster McLeod, but okay. Sure. Uh, or McCabe and Mrs. Where, Miller. Where did he play uh, the kind of snobby guy who, uh, what was that in? Oh, I know what it was. It, this wouldn't have helped anybody. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was a movie. Wasn't it Benson? It was like, no, it was 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a, okay. It was a college snob. Okay, uh, so uh, the Swamp Fellows. He was also in Rocker uh, Files. Oh, yeah, he was in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the Swamp Fellows yep. have a Korean houseboy. Yes. Uh, his name is Ho- Hojan. Yeah. Uh, in, the he, movie, they, I... in the movie, they help him get out of the draft. Okay. In the movie, how do they get him out of the draft? They uh, get him really, 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 really high. Okay, here's what they do in the book. Okay. Uh, so uh, he's drafted into the army. He's wounded. He returns. He gets treated at the 4077. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the swamp people decide to uh, uh, send him to Hawkeye's old college to raise funds. Trapper poses as a celebrity, pretends to be a celebrity, yeah. selling autographed photos and making personal appearances as this celebrity. Okay. Now let me say this celebrity. Yeah. Not a re- well, 
Okay, I might be saying the wrong thing. I, I might spoil it by telling you that. Okay. What celebrity do you think Trapper posed as? And I'll give you more clues as we go along. You're not going to get it right the first time. Okay, I'll just throw one out there then. It's going to be Bob Hope, well-known entertainer for troops. This is a celebrity who uh, most uh, some people, not maybe all people, yeah. but some people would think is long dead. <laughs> okay. There's a clue in there in what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a very good person. Bella Lugosi? Very, very good person with a famous father. <laughs> I'm sorry. I realized that you're saying you're still alive. Uh, okay, sorry. Um, Some people think. Yeah. Some people don't. A person with a famous, famous father. The most famous father, frankly. <laughs> Jesus Christ? Yes. He proposes <laughs> Jesus Christ, selling autographed photos and making personal <laughs> That's actually really good. Yeah, that's how that's, money. That should have been in the movie. Yes. That would have been great. Yeah. That would have got them banned in 50 states. But yeah. it would, that movie, that would throw out the football game, bring Trapper in, uh, bring Trapper in, uh, pretend, you know, posing as celebrity <laughs> superstar Jesus Christ, handing out autograph pictures. Yep. Love it. Oh, my God. Okay. What, a, what a lost opportunity. Yeah, they should have oh, done. Well. They should have done them the show at least. Hey, there is nothing stopping, and really, the only person who would do this would be Seth Rogen yeah. from remaking it. You think Some he? Could... He's the only one, not not Adam Sandler. Oh, could Adam Sandler remake it? He be, possibly. He, he would do the Hawkeye role, right? Is he too old now? Mm, yeah, that's possible. Mm. Possible. Nah. Yeah, I, I just think like Seth Rogen is fearless, so he might he might do it. Yeah, like bringing together his his gang of. Yeah. Gang of Funnies. Jay Parashel and They'd sure have to rewrite it, though, wouldn't they? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Couldn't do the shower sequence. Uh, yeah, I'd have to find a way a way around it. Might be able to find a way around it. Couldn't couldn't torture uh, Frank Burns into a mental breakdown. You could uh, you, you, you could uh, strap a priest to, uh, to, uh, to a cross, though, and threaten to burn him alive. <laughs> We're all on board with that. <laughs> Yeah, I do like so. So I guess it would be James. Who's this? Who's this guy from? Uh, from uh, James uh, Franco. Yeah, James Franco is uh, pretending to be Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Can see that. So James Franco yeah. is Trapper. Yeah, Trapper. Jay Baruchel. Yeah. You want Jay Baruchel as, as playing Duke, the Tom Skerritt role? Uh, ooh, who could we get? Maybe. I right, he could maybe even be Mulcahy. Frankly. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. Who's the um? Who? Oh, wait. Or wait. wait here's radar, a radar. Radar. Who's who's who? Are you gonna get to play uh, Spirit Chucker? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to have someone who uh, is uh, fine with that. <laughs> fine with that name. <laughs> yeah, and you got to find a way to get some women in there that to have lines. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Well, you know, uh, kind of. I mean, well, like, hot lips, obviously. Yeah. Hot lips. That's that's that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that role. What? Oh. Yeah, I know. You could pump up the nurse nurse thing. Or, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, the problem is, yeah. is that. <sighs> I mean, we've uh, look, with the interview, they, they now know uh, a large amount of uh, Korean Canadians. No, uh, that's true. Who could, uh, who could be in these roles. Yeah, yeah. So let's get, let's get Diana Bang in there. I don't know what she should be playing, but we got to get Diana Bang. Was back. she in the interview? Yes, she was. Oh, cool. Yeah, she uh, was like the female lead in that. Oh, okay. Good for her. Um, yeah, they they definitely should up the the Korean element of it for sure. Yeah, because that's uh, yeah that's an important part of it. Um, yeah, no, I think they could do that. Very good. All right. So and I got I got a name. I got a name for it. 
What's that? Aftermath. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the letters now, I think. I think that might be a good idea. I'm just going to go to the letters. All right. Go letters. Uh, so uh, can I just episode... tell you a nice compliment I got today? Oh, well, please tell me a nice compliment you got today. So at work, we had a problem with our with our wrapper, wrapping machine. In that one of it has um some people of, say you're a wrapping machine sometimes when you get the opportunity. I sure am. <laughs> Go ahead. So um it's kind of hard to so our wrapping machine it's you kind of have to picture it like this it's like it's um it's used for wrapping door sections you know so imagine a door section imagine like a sixteen foot long two foot wide one and a one and three quarter inch thick thing that needs to get wrapped right how are you okay. gonna do that. How are you going to do that? Well, this is how you do it. You put it onto a conveyor belt. It goes through a wrapper, which is a, it's a ring that has sticking off it like a, like a, uh, like a shaft that the, the, the wrap goes on, the roll of shrink wrap goes on. And this, this ring spins around and the wrap goes around the door as the conveyor belt moves it at the appropriate speed and it wraps the door as it goes through. And there's three wheels that hold this, this one giant wheel this, that turns, you know, brings the, the shrink wrap round and round. And one of those wheels today broke. It broke to pieces, and it mm. and it wrecked our. It wrecked a little sensor that tells. So when you press the stop button, this sensor senses when the wrapper's gone around two more times, and then it stops. Okay. So when you press, but it broke, and so when you press stop, it just didn't stop. It kept going, and so I had like the thickest end of <laughs> of shrink wrap at the end of this one door because I was trying to stop it, and it wasn't stopping, and it was going on, and finally I just had to hit the emergency stop and stop it that way. So then, now normally the people who fixed it in the past were gone. We lost our branch manager, who's a handy guy. He he uh, he's retired, and then our glazing person who uses the wrapper a lot. He he was off today because his daughter is having a baby. So. That left me to try to figure out how to fix this thing. And so I did it. You know, it was not that hard, to be honest, but I, I got it all fixed up and, and repaired, except for the sensor. We have to get one of those coming from, from Edmonton. But when I was done, one of the people there said, he's one of the, he said, you know, Dave, that's one of your strengths is uh, being able to do that, being able to see a problem, figure it out, and fix it. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that is nice. Good to get a compliment. But anyway, what do our listeners have to say? Well, let me tell you. Uh, We asked last week, uh, how do you plan your meals? And are you growing your food at home? If so, what are you growing? And well, our friend uh, Laurel Robinson wrote, uh, hello, Ian and David. Loved your 450th episodes. You two are amazing. No bathroom breaks. Yes, we're (laughs) still paying for that. (laughs) Um, We we use the same uh, diapers as astronauts when we do the show. Do you? The uh, NASA pants. Yeah, they call them. Um, uh, what won't you do for us fans, the sneakers? I, 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 well, I'll do anything for you, but I won't do that. Um, I got a kick of listening to everyone's questions and your thoughtful answers. One of the questions was what podcasts you would currently recommend. I added both of your suggestions to my podcast list and have been enjoying each. Thanks. Now concerning meals. Mm hmm. Uh, I only plan ahead the night before getting out what needs to be thawed. Uh, I do all the cooking in our house, and it's pretty arbitrary. I shop once a week, and I keep a, a decent supply of the ingredients I like to cook with on hand. Uh, the only day uh, that we have the same meal each week is Friday, which is our pizza and movie night, an evening originally started back when our kids were still at home, so I wouldn't have to cook. It's frozen pizza, bear veg tray, and ice cream with whatever movie we choose, a tradition for 20 years. That's a great tradition. Yeah. Um, and we uh, do grow food here. 
In the veg garden this year, we have now, or have had in the spring, lettuce and mixed greens, green and wax beans, zucchini, cucumbers, tomatoes, various peppers, butternut squash, Swiss chard, spinach, beets, carrots, a few types of peas, and radishes. There are Brussels sprout plants in the garden, but I've seen no sign of actually achieving the little cabbage-like thingies. This is the third year I have attempted growing these with no success. Does anyone have any suggestions? If anyone has any suggestions, how do you grow Brussels sprouts? Not just the plants, but the sprouts. Please let us know. Um, yeah. We also have a big stand of blueberries, and we are picking them now. I mean, right now. So I'll take my <laughs> basket and take my leave. Leave. Thanks again, gentlemen, and have a good week. Oh, that sounds delicious. What a great yard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lot oh, of work, though, too. Sounds like so All much work. Reading. No wonder you listen to, no you're able to listen to the complete 450th episode. You're out there weeding the, the garden patch. Yeah, that is that is true. Thank you, Laurel. We're, we're doing a lot of uh, cutting of vines right now because vines are trying to strangle all of our plants. So, uh, damn you, vines. Um, Louise, our friend Louise, who we saw at your place and who made some delicious Sparks cookies uh, <laughs> to celebrate the, uh, the launch of the new book. Thank you again for those. Yes, that was very um, nice. Uh, says to us, congratulations on the release of Sparks. Double Dog Dare. Well, we don't like to talk about that, Louise. Um <laughs> Uh, a kid we know received their copy through kids' books and kids last week and is already well into the rereads. My sister is still waiting on the mega corporation to deliver hers. Bezos! <laughs> um, but by the time this podcast goes to air, I bet she'll have posted a positive eh? five-star verified purchase review. I, I don't um, get it. What, what was that? Oh, Louise writes for Paw Patrol. She keeps dropping that. Oh, like, yeah. What do you mean, Paw? Paw? I, I write for Paw Patrol. She'll then say, and we'll go, we know. <laughs> Always talking about what she writes. Anyway, I wrote uh, Sparks Double Dog Dare. Um, to answer your follow-up question about where I go for fish and chips. Oh, we did ask that. Uh, for oceanfront uh, picnicking, it's uh, Pajos in Gary Point Park in Steveston. For takeout to eat in a park or to bring home the fish counter on Main and uh, East 22nd, uh, that is a good place. You used to live near there. Uh, prior to the pandemic, for dining in and uh, not everyone, when not everyone wants to order fish and chips, White Spot. Nice. I think we we mentioned White Spot once or twice on the show. Um, one of the things I miss about during the pandemic is us going to White Spot after these things. I'm always craving White Spot at the end of these podcasts. <laughs> usually then it's like closed now. Yeah. Because we do these later than we normally would. So. Yeah. And it's not as fun without you there. Um, I know. Especially one day, one day it'll get back to normal. Yeah, the one wacky white spot where, like, you go there and it's like a five-year-old greets you at the door, <laughs> and then you just get random food by uh, staff who just don't care. Can't stop pawing you and calling you dear. Yeah, can I put you into the freezing bar? <laughs> That's right. We have a completely empty restaurant. Do you mind if we put you in the lounge? Why? Why? I know I am feeling a little too uh, body temperatureish. Yeah, let's go in there. Anyway. Yeah. To continue with Louise, uh, in our garden, we are growing zucchini and tomatoes. We have a lot of herbs, the Scarborough Fair 4, as well as the lesser-known quartet of cilantro, basil, oregano, and chives. Uh, cilantro, we also basil, oregano, and chives. Um, we also planted beans and sunflowers, but sadly, under cover of darkness, hmm? the young sprouts got eaten down to their stalks. What? 
At first, we suspected slugs, until we spotted a rat lurking in our lavender. The old expression, there's a rat in the lavender. Uh, When we were standing (laughs) right there, the old rodent would dart out and lunch on our lettuce and strip the cilantro. It sounds like it's flirting with you, frankly, but not the basil. (laughs) That's right, because you know why? Because it's worried about basil. Because of Basil of Baker Street. If you've seen The Great Mouse Detective, <laughs> you know Basil of Baker Street goes up against Ratigan and defeats him. Since, uh, obviously, it has a discerning palate, we started calling it Remy from Ratatouille. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, is, uh, you know, she's letting other people know that. Of course, she knows I know that. Um, we, we tried to think of it as a pet. We were feeding, as we didn't have the heart to bring death to Moochie, during these troubled times. <laughs> but perhaps a higher power overheard my inner plea of, will no one rid us of this meddlesome pest? <laughs> For lo, a crow did descend upon the varmint, leaving us to dispose of its ratty remains. We huh. planted more beans, and hopefully we'll get a crop out for the end of the summer. Very good. What a tale of murder and <laughs> Yes. What a tale, indeed. The rat was slain by the crow, the mighty crow. Uh-huh. Um, Todd I didn't says, know that crows uh, killed rats like that. T- uh, because, crows... you know, like squirrels, they kill them by chasing them out into the road so the squirrels get run over. But uh, I didn't know they just like, went bald-facedly attacked a, a rat. Like It's clear that Louise made a deal with the crow. Okay, okay. And she had a little word with the crow and like, yeah, hey, yeah. buddy. Hmm? Money, went like, money okay. changed hands. Yeah, I got some problems. And the crow goes, we all got problems. And then she just slipped him a piece of bologna and like, well, some problems get solved. <laughs> Boom. Nice garden. Be ashamed if something must happen to it. Yeah. Uh, Todd writes, mm-hmm. I just got done reading Sparks Double Dog Dare and oh. I really enjoyed it. Wait, what? Sparks Double Dog Dare? What is this he's talking about, I wonder? I was talking about the second book in the Sparks series that was written by me, drawn by Nina Matsumoto and colored by Dave Dendrick. Oh, I forgot about that. By Scholastic, the biggest book company in the universe. Um <laughs> The artwork and coloring were both top notch. Oh, thank you. No word about the oh, and the and the writing was pretty good too. <laughs> you know what? It's nice to it's nice to be an afterthought. <laughs> it's nice to be thought of. You were number thirteen. You were like young Frankenstein there. <clears throat> no, everything's great. I'm going to keep reading his stupid letter. Anyway, I especially <laughs> liked the use of the Konami code to uh, fire an electromagnetic pulse. Oh, uh-huh. that was all Ian. Yeah. Uh, it also inspired me to read up on polydactyl cats, mm. which I hadn't really known were a thing before now. Yep. I'll tell you something about that afterwards. Yep. Uh, I'm also I'm looking forward to whatever crazy time travel hijinks you guys have in store for the third book. We'll have pterodactyl um, cats. <laughs> the polydactyl. Oh, we didn't have a polydactyl versus pterodactyl. <laughs> or a pterodactyl that is polydactyl. God damn it. <laughs> uh, missed opportunities. <laughs> Nothing we can do now. Uh, you know, I didn't even really know about polydactyl cats uh, either until I uh, had a uh, lovely sushi meal with Nina, and she brought. I think that's where she brought it up. Yeah. Um, or some, or, or at some point. And, yeah, I didn't know about. I didn't really know about them either until you you uh, you brought it up via Nina. Yeah, I won't say much about what the polydactyl cat polydactyl cat does in her book because yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. But the reason it's in there is definitely Nina uh, wanted a polydactyl cat in there, and so okay. And, um, and so we worked on that character. She came up with a great, dis- pardon me, design. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's like the breakout character of the year. I love I, that. I, I love think our you're right. Character. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, 
I'm not saying they should make uh, Sparks toys. They should. But if they make uh, cuddly, fluffy Sparks toys, and they should, um, that polydactyl cat is going to be like flying off the shelves. Mm. That's just money in the bank. (laughs) Uh, And then you'll take that money out of the bank and spend it on the toy. Mick writes, hey, gents. Hello. Great episode. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, back, sis, day. Uh, We've got a compliment. Another great episode. This is nice. People seem to like the show that break to us. Uh, (laughs) That's that's good. I'm going to bypass. And you know what's also good? The ones who don't like it, keep it to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Who who, who wants to hear that nonsense? No one. Uh, I'm going to bypass your official questions and instead bust some Australian stereotypes in the hope (laughs) of enticing you both here one day. Should this pandemic ever end? I think it will. Well, if he's busting Uh, stuff out, I hope he's going to wrap this for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard that you're a rapping machine, Dave. I am. I am a rapping machine. You're right. Um, are there any Australian rap stars? Uh... Feels like hip hop is a kangaroo type thing, anyway. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, Kangaroo Jack. Sorry, Kangaroo Jack. I forgot about the hip hop kangaroo. kangaroo yeah, Jack. yeah. That was only you got for a hip hop hippity hop. He did hip, hip, hippity hop. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone. Oh, it's a talking kangaroo, and then they went to see the movie and went. No, it's just one scene where people are high. <laughs> like, well, screw off. That's right. Way to disappoint, movie. Back to Mick's letter. Contrary to various pop culture franchises featuring the word crocodile in the title, mm. most Australians go through life without encountering any of the deadly creatures that can be found here. If you look very hard and venture deep into their usually remote bushland territory, most of us live in cities and suburbs well away from crocs, snakes, sharks, and deadly spiders. The big spiders we do see a lot of here are gentle, scary cats known as huntsmen. <laughs> they are huge and hairy, uh, but will do anything to avoid getting near humans, and they only eat insects. They freak out a lot of people, but I love them. <laughs> if I find one in the house, I uh, always take care to humanely catch it in a plastic container and relocate it into our yard. Uh, so please visit and help us bust some Canadian stereotypes. Is it true you drink maple syrup by the jug? Yes. Watch hockey 24-7. True. And have grizzly bears in your yards. That is also true. I have seen a bear in a yard that was like enormous once. Yep. Uh, signed Mick. Here's the thing. Um, when, when, when he wrote that, I went like, you know what? Maybe I've been wrong. Yep. Maybe I've been wrong. I'm going to Google huntsman spiders. Yeah. And let me just see what the first thing is that comes up. Yeah. Tippity tap, tap, tap. Sure. First thing that comes up is woman trapped in her apartment by huntsman spider. How big can that spider be? I yeah, say, yeah. let's take a look at that spider. Dear Lord, <laughs> dear Lord, how can God exist with this monster? Oh my gosh. What the hell? Yeah. No, no, no. What the hell? This is what you free in the yard? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, to be to be fair, the, yeah. the huntsman pays him. Oh, okay, fair enough. You know, I just okay. This one more another side side thing here is because Mick has written us this this very nice letter. It's very convincing. He's right. It's very convincing. But then he sent sent us a Facebook video of a giant snake crawling in the gutter of a house along the roof line. There's a ginormous like python crawling along, and I just thought, well, that is not very good. Well, no one I wants never. to see that. Well, <laughs> so this Rochester. I can't believe a, I'm seeing this huntsman. There's a giant. My there's a giant snake crawling in the gutter outside Rochester. And all snakes are in the gutter, but only some are looking at the stars. <laughs> you mean stars like me? Well, I 
never. <laughs> hey, why are you letting it eat you alive, Jack? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, and so on. Australia is one of uh, Lisa's uh, would love to visit places. So who knows? Okay. That mate might happen in our future. Very good. Uh, I would like uh, us to be invited to a con there, a comic con. Ah. Oh, I thought you meant a sting, there. but okay. Yeah, I'll go to a sting, but not a sting like the movie The Sting, because that thing was freaking This movie's moving too fast. Please, someone put up a title card. More men entering rooms, please. More men entering rooms. Maybe maybe the problem was I preferred the a Rocker Files episode that had the same plot. Oh my gosh, that's a great. Well, it's a double parter too, yeah, and it has and it has the con within the con, so that they can they can finance their con by doing a, a, a separate con on the side. God damn, I want to oh, see that man, episode that's a now. Smarty, it's a smarty. Oh, I, I want to see it so much. Okay, <laughs> Edward Jurgansky writes. Hi, Ed. uh, Meals are kind of tricky since the kids are here. And they're most nights. Oh, the kids are here and they're most nights. Mm. And they can be picky. Oh, kids can be kids picky. Kids are picky. Uh, so we plan something we can uh, eat now or later. There's a rotation of meals that Susan will plan on for Monday so that she has what she needs for the week. Some of our standards are chicken and mushroom rice made in an Instapot pressure cooker. Uh, Korean beef and rice, okay. again, but in the rice cooker. Wait, what are you getting? Uh, getting an endorsement deal here or something, Ed? Look. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take Dave to the side yeah. and just say, side. Um, yeah. it's like, hey, Dave, have you ever heard how you can find out a person's a vegan? Uh, the answer is, yeah. don't worry, they'll tell wait, you. Wait five seconds. The joke also works with yeah. how do you tell someone has an Instapot? Oh, really? How do you how do you tell? They'll tell you about the vegan meal they just cooked in it. <laughs> All right. So he's so not getting... going back. But, he, he's not uh, getting paid for this, and that was my fear. That no, it's just the second you buy an Instapot, it goes like, okay, now you're illegally obliged to tell everyone <laughs> how great these are, and uh, uh, okay. so on. Yeah, Frank. Okay, okay. Um, the Crusades weren't this, you know, uh, preachy. Um, so anyway, Korean <laughs> the beef and rice. Were the wait just a second here? Let me just. You yeah. made you made this comment. Just, were the Crusades well known for being preachy? I thought that was the whole thing, was they're trying to spread the religion. Am I wrong? What was the point of the Crusades if it wasn't that? <laughs> it was to take back the Holy Land through force of arms. It's, yeah. Anyway. Convert at all? No. Just kill. Okay. Just kill. All right. Are we just going to... All right. Spanish Inquisition. Let's do that. All right. That's good. I didn't that expect... Reference. I never didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. There we go. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Edward. Sorry, I apologize. Let's get back to this. Some of the standards are chicken and mushroom rice made in an Instapot pressure cooker. <laughs> Korean beef and rice, again, but in the rice cooker. Nice. Is that an Instapot Brat rice cooker? Uh, you could do that, or you could have just your separate rice cooker. Okay. Uh, bratwurst, uh, also cooked in the Instapot, then browned in the convection oven, <laughs> uh, and a breakfast casserole made with eggs, sausage, cheddar cheese, yeah. and a biscuit crust. Oh, this all sounds really good. Yeah. I wonder, um, if, wonder if that's made in an instant pot. You know what we need? We need to just get all the people who uh, write us letters uh, for a potluck. <laughs> bring, bring, that'd be yeah, great. That'd be nice. Uh, and we'll all meet in Australia and then fight off a giant spider for our food. Um, that's a gentle, loving spider that we should not judge. Um, <laughs> when I'm fending for myself, I like to bake skinless salmon with a Tabasco and uh, Tony, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, 
uh, cashery uh, Creole seasoning marinade I make. I mm-hmm. like it spicy. Uh, I also use the same uh, with uh, chicken fajita meat that I eat on a flour tortilla with cheddar cheese crisped on a griddle. Again, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, the best thing is that uh, I'm still working from home, so I just toddle downstairs at 6.30, and I'm ready to eat or prepare my own meal. Yeah, that is a nice commute. That, is, uh, that does sound pretty nice. Um, we tried growing some vegetables years ago, but it's so oppressively hot in Texas, everything just fucking dies. Unless <laughs> um, you have a hothouse or a structure for growing it. Mm. Uh, the soil Wait, a hothouse? Well, I yeah. guess I guess the hothouse is cooler than the hothouse that's outside of the hothouse. The soil here is also a dense clay and doesn't contain the nutrients foods need to grow. It's also mm. the reason we don't have basements uh, here because it's hard and shifts too much. And that's interesting. And that's why the Alamo doesn't have a basement. Um, Susan is uh, from the <laughs> East Texas town of Jacksonville, about two hours away. Oh, that's too far away for her to live. You guys should be closer together. Yeah, the ground here is like rich potting soil and full of everything you need to grow veggies, plants, or flowers. The neighboring town of Tyler is famously known for its annual Rose Festival, which grows like crazy there. Tomatoes, too. There are farmer's market roadside stands everywhere in East Texas with everything grown locally, which we'll fill a few bags with on the way home. Now, you guys were discussing pizza so much <laughs> that I had to tell my pizza story. Oh. Well, everyone, kids, gather around. Gather around, okay? <laughs> Uh, Edward's telling the pizza story. All right. It's about time. You're all excited. Then you can go to bed. Okay. One pizza story. Here we go. So this is Edward Durancy's pizza story. Okay. The family two doors down from us in my old neighborhood owned a pizza restaurant called Pizza Getty, which has now been around for 52 years. Our families are close to one another to this day. So I naturally grew up with Pizza Getty. Our families went to church together. We celebrated Christmas together. And the two sons were the best friends to my brother and myself. So I might be a bit biased, but to this day, it's the best pizza on the planet! Presently, the younger son has taken ownership of Pizza Getty. And he makes it exactly the way his dad made the pizza as I remember as a kid. You know, maybe it's the thin, crispy crust. Or they use, or the blend of black and green olives, or <laughs> something about the sauce. But it's unreal how well they've kept the same recipe all these years. It's also where we all ate right after we saw Star Wars for the first time in 1977, which is an indelible memory for the ages, where we learned about the Parsec run. It's me, or trench thing but can't remember which i had the reference anyway for some reason i salt my water and add a little olive oil not really for flavor but because someone once told me it keeps the pasta from sticking together is that true it's not um as for corn on the cob i'll go one better than dave i like it all natural with nothing but my hungry teeth on it nice. now that excuse me i have some nazis to throw off a cliff <laughs> so i just want to say that Ed originally sent us a comment in which he called himself Indiana Dragansky. Okay. But that one, because he changed his name, that one went into the approved to be, to be approved file. Okay. And so I guess Ed thought, oh, it didn't go through. And so he, he must have just cop- copy-pasted his original comments and sent them as Ed, and then they appeared right away. 
So if you were curious what happened, that is what happened. When you, so if someone like decides they're going to change their name in their, in their, in the, that, that sex, sex, section, or if they, if they change their, their email address, for instance, or if they put a bunch of links into their, into their, the body of their, their comment, those will all send you to the, uh, to be approved area because, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the filter that I use for emails gets, or comments gets confused by that and, and puts you, puts you into, into Coventry. And so then I have to go in and, and then I have to like free you from that. But when I noticed your comment, I received them both at the same time. And so since you'd already put one on, I didn't, it didn't make sense for me to approve the other so that we had two of the same comments happening. But that was the reason I'm going a long way around to get to this, but that was the reason <laughs> why Ed is going to throw some Nazis off a cliff because originally he had humorously described himself as Indiana Durgansky in the, at, the, at the opening of his letter. So there you go. Well, that all makes a lot of sense and it's okay. Yes. I like it. That's all, that's all the letters we got on our website. All right. Well, we did get an email. From, well, oh. well, why are you keeping it to yourself? You know Don't what? Be selfish. <laughs> with the rest of the class. I'm going to. I would. I would like to hear it. The, Thank you. Well, just so you know, the heading, you, the heading of this of this email is question of the week. And yet, oh. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no question in the email. But it comes from Brent Tannehill. Do you think, wait a second. Do you yeah. think they died uh, after the, writing the title? I hope not, because I can't explain how the email was sent unless someone came in found them laying sprawled out near their computer and before checking them and looking at them to make sure they're okay uh decided to send the email first okay. without without carelessly without reading it first okay and finishing it so uh, i don't know all right i'm just so i'm so worried about this person and uh but i'm gonna tell you right now that uh, brent did sign it at the end of the email so i think he's fine Okay, good. I was, I was, I was, I yeah, was really I didn't, scared. I knew you were scared. I knew you were worried. So I just wanted to put your mind to rest, and that's what I did. Okay, all right. Did I mention that I took a, a first aid class on Tuesday? No, nope. I, I did. What I'm, did you learn how to do? I learned how to. Well, what did I learn how to do, and what can I do? Those are those are different things. But I did, I did some uh, some CPR training. Mm-hmm. I learned how to use an AED, which is I think a, a automated automatic electronic defibrillator. Defibrillation? Mm-hmm. Defib- how do you say that word? Well, um, which apparently, here's the thing. Doing yeah. just plain old CPR on a person, 5% chance of survival. Oh, jeez. Using uh, CPR with an AED, 35 to 75% chance of survival, depending on the circumstances. That's way better. Okay. So I hope that wherever you are in life, that they have an AED around just in case. Because it's a big help. It's really kind of interesting because... Like you, so say someone, you know, fell down or they were found unconscious and you, you were nearby and you were called over and you, you came over and you're like, oh my God, this person is possibly having cardiac arrest. Uh-huh. Call 911. I'm going to take care of this person. They're, luckily, we have an AED here. You take out the a- AED. You take out, you, you uh, open up the person's, um, you know, you reveal their chest area and then right. you stick these little uh, paddles onto them and... Hopefully they're not too hairy that you don't have to shave them. But anyway, you stick these two paddles on them, and then yep. and then you uh, you plug it into the machine, and then you start the machine, and the machine will automatically start to analyze the person's heart rhythms and stuff like that. And they'll de- if they detect a problem, then they will initiate the defibrillator. And you pr- and once you're clear, and it tells you to, you press you press the button, 
and then it it'll issue a shock to the heart, and then you carry on with your CPR. So you do okay. your you do your thirty and two, and then and then it will continue to monitor as you do your CPR, and if it if it feels it needs to, it will apply more shock to this person, and hopefully it will be able to get the heart uh, back into rhythm. So yeah, it was uh, it's quite interesting. It was good. It was good. It was a long day, but it was a shorter day than if I had been at work, which I wasn't. The I, uh, it re- it reminds me of uh, my friend Roman Danilo had a uh, a joke about that. Okay, and his joke about that was uh, I took the St. John's ambulance course. Yeah, because I always used to think like you know I'd have someone who was like dying in front of me, and I'd be looking at them going like, oh my god, I wish I. Wish I'd taken that course, but now I have. Yeah. So now when that happens, I can I can look at them and go, "Oh my God, I wish I'd paid attention." <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you pay attention, and I did pay attention, but even if you pay attention, it it still feels like a scary situation. But fortunately, as long as you as long as you um as long as you act with uh, care, that you're not intentionally negligent or or you know. And or or just walk away from the person when when you start CPR or start first aid, you are you are not liable for what, whatever might happen. So, you know, you do your best and hope for the best, but it's it's not your fault whatever happens. You know, you you can only do what you can in those in those circumstances. And hopefully, you know, it were, I I took it for work because uh, one of one of one of the guys CPR or his uh, first aid is expiring. So so um. We like to cycle through everyone just so everyone can do it rather than just fall on a few people to always be doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was my turn, my kick at the can. So I went and took the course. And uh, so now I will be putting bandages on people's cuts. Because that's basically what most of it is at our, our, our place of work. Is uh, Mostly it's putting bandages on people. And to be honest with you, it's one person who needs bandages put on. <laughs> everyone else pretty much just either lets it bleed out or just goes and does it themselves. Right, and you can now uh, prescribe any drugs, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So okay, I you got the prescription pad, and you can just like mm-hmm. just knock out whatever you want. Yeah, like like a dinner or what have you. Viagra, if you need anything yeah. like that. Yeah, any of the V's. Give me all the V ones. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate that. None of them. Give me the full V. The yeah, f- I only you, know- you know uh, you know what I know. There's eight of them, so give me the what they call the V eight. All the, all the <laughs> well, Vicodin, uh, Viagra. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Obviously, I was I was obviously not paying attention. Some vitamins, but if you are um, if you are uh, doing CPR on a person, if you're doing CPR on a person and they are using Viagra, it doesn't work. It doesn't help them. Well, don't don't be pumping there because um, for the chest. Yeah, yeah. No, it was something. Well, I can't remember what it was now that we that um, you didn't want to do blood thinners with people who are who are using Viagra. It's not healthy. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, I gotta read Brent's letter or his email. Sure. You ready for this? I would. Le- I'd love to hear it. Brent says, or he actually asks. Oh, okay, that's better. Am I growing a garden? Oh, what? Yes. Oh, good, good. Potatoes. I, going, I don't know. I don't know if he is. Okay, this is quite a list. You ready for this? Okay, hit me. Potatoes, leeks, mm-hmm. onions, shallots, all kinds of peppers, and tomatoes, regular and lemon cucumbers. Tomatillos, three kinds of basil, thyme, and many kinds of melons, watermelon, cantaloupe, cassava, Korean, and of course, one kind that I lost the tag to. (laughs) 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 The secret to growing hot weather vegetables is to avoid, sorry, is to avoid 
overhead watering. Use a drip system instead. Also, if you plant them on a raised hill with plastic around it, the soil warms up faster. I also have an unusual plant from South America, yacon. It's related to Jerusalem artichokes. When you dig up the tubers in fall, they taste like yakama. I'm not too sure what that is. Kind of bland, but if you put them in your refrigerator for a few weeks, they turn into very sweet and crunchy treats. Hmm, that's good to know. And that is from Brent. It reminds me a bit of uh, when we were uh, leaving our old apartment. Uh, the neighbor was a jerk. Oh, such a jerk! What a jerk this neighbor was. Okay. And we just and we coincidentally How had big uh, a jerk a was he? Oh, uh, uh, they they were like a jerk through through it all. Oh, okay. they're just jerks. And then. Um, <laughs> As we're leaving, yeah. uh, we had been given, uh, when we were in the States, and we shouldn't have snuck these over the border. It wasn't legal. We should legal. not have snuck these over the border. Uh, um, we had seed bombs. What are seed bombs? And Sorry. Seed bombs are uh, little packages of uh, seeds. They're kind of like exotic uh, plants that are uh, really interesting. And you, you take said plants and you plant them somewhere and you get like, oh, really – fancy weird garden it's, and sometimes they're vegetables and sometimes it's flowers hmm. and we just like uh from our balcony seed bombed their uh their their backyard and uh <laughs> and, and and we did this slightly before we moved yeah. and yes they started to grow like uh, just a lot of crazy shit in their backyard <laughs> just it was so confusing to them because it's not the kind of thing people would do for revenge. No, is grow no. a bunch of pretty flowers and weird things. Yeah, but yeah. Like, What's going on here? So it's just a confusion uh, situation. Then we, when we left them, then we just left and went on to live our lives. Nice. Yeah, that's the kind of revenge we do. We give you pretty flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Showed you. <laughs> Made the bees happy. He who plants last plants longest. Yeah, that's what Swamp Thing says. Truly. Truly. All right. So uh, I've got a question of the week. Please. Which is, uh, I'd like to know all of our listeners, all of you, many listeners out there. I want to know all of your listen, all of these listeners. Favorite funny film. Let me know. Your, yeah. Your favorite comedy. Favorite yeah, funny what, film. What, what tickles it doesn't you have like to be to... a comedy. Just your favorite oh, funny film. Oh, yeah. It doesn't necessarily. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you could be a real sick uh, jerk, and uh, like, <laughs> it's not funny at all. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You could just you just could have a sense of humor that appreciates the finer things in life. I Your favorite say I was, funny film. I was watching uh, Gone with the Wind, and there were scenes that were my not supposed condolences. To be funny. Yeah, there were scenes that were not supposed to be funny uh, that uh, I found hilarious. The little girl riding around on the pony is funny that until until it isn't. Until oh, it is. But when it wasn't, that's what <laughs> killed me. It was so funny because it was so much setup of just like, oh, I love life and, and, and ponies, and it's like, well, there's no reason to have this here except for I'm going to ride my pony. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, you are up to heaven's gate. Oh, sweet. enjoy your pony. <laughs> it's just great. He laughs so much. Oh, it's a terrible movie. So it's so it's so what's the word I'm looking for? So mean spirited that movie. Yeah, there's uh there's many, many problems. <laughs> many, many problems. Not just I mean, obviously there's historical elements to it that are we're not comfortable with anymore, but I just mean in terms of like no, there's just, human there's just many human interaction is just awful in that movie. It's just everyone's awful, awful, awful. I just wonder, like, when you spoiled, have that one... Terrible spoiled brats. And yeah. just to think how much my mom loved that movie. Sure. Like, you're just, just like... You just have to think about it. You have to think, like, you did you want to be Scarlet? Like, yeah, you wanted to be that absolute 
biatch. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, people now like Twilight. And she's a horror show. I guess that's it. I like, guess it's the idea of, like, just being able to, like, thumb your nose at everyone and just yeah. have your own way and just yeah. get what you want. And you don't care about, about stepping you. on. You want Ashley? You're going to get Ashley. You don't care who. Who's going to yeah. get in your way? Yeah, you want Rhett, you want Ashley, you want a werewolf, you want a vampire. They're both uh, <laughs> you know, a mess. Yeah. yeah, it's all about you, though. But yeah. people are yeah. dying all around you and being slaughtered. Who cares? It's about me <laughs> and uh, my love life. It's like, well, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, you know what? There's corpses everywhere. There's corpses everywhere. I don't like it. Like, yeah, okay. That fine. shot of all the all the Confederate soldiers laying in the street. Uh... Is, is pretty funny. That... If you... <laughs> it, it, it it like because it gets it goes and it's like oh my gosh then you're like oh my gosh then yeah. you're like oh my gosh then you're like oh come on now. Oh, for crying out it's a loud. great it's a great Some i was gonna you, say like, getting up and running to the other side and falling down again in a different hat yeah like this is a lot of you guys come on it's man. a it's a matte painting oh is it yeah and they had I some elements to... of it that would move and stuff it's quite impressive I would like to see, like, as soon as that shot's over, then, okay, we're done. Let's all go to Crafty. And they all get up. <laughs> go eat. Sure they did. I'm sure and they and did. you know, you know, because this is just how people are, mm-hmm. that they were, when they were watching the movie, those people that were lying as extras are just, like, watching the movie. And it's like, it's me. Okay, look, look, look. There. There I am. There. I'm there. Which one? There one. I'm, like, I'm 12 up. I'm 15 over. 15 over. Okay, now it's less. It's 12 over. Look at me. And shh, don't shush me. I died for this country. Look at me. There. <clears throat> yes. I have a backstory. You want to know how I died? No, I don't die. It's fine. It's fine. It's all gone with the wind now. It's fine. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a question? Uh, okay. Well, we, we did that and we did that. We've talked about, uh, we po- talked about food. Food frolics and fun. Um, <laughs> is there something uh, very summery that you're trying to get done in this in these last weeks of summer? Something you're trying to cram in there, like you know, before summer's done, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. Uh, so yeah, is there anything like that that you're doing? Trying to get done. Okay. For nice. the end of summer. Nice. Okay. I keep bumping the my glasses into my mic. In the, in the store now, man. We don't know if we're having Halloween, but by gosh, we're having the candy, and it's in the store. <laughs> Isn't it weird that it's there already? It's always weird. It doesn't feel like you should be buying chocolate right now, because if you walk out the door of the store, it'll just melt in your hands. Well, it's always weird, but it's weirder now, at least to me, because I've got no sense of time. Mm, so anytime yeah. there's anything that marks time and goes like, you know, Halloween's just around the corner. Well, what's that mean? <laughs> it's what do you not... mean Halloween's around the corner? Is it? <laughs> is it actually around the corner? Are you just pretending it is? What are you talking about? And this actually was something real, real fast. Uh, I put up a, a thing on Facebook that I like to you can get at Home Depot, which is this giant dragon that like shoots, uh, you know, fog out. Yeah, yeah, and I saw just, that. Pretty impressive it, looking. Yeah, Pia, Pia really wants it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do too. Just to <laughs> have it on a regular basis, it'd be great to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're looking at that, and then like one of uh, a mutual friend writes and goes like, "Yeah, my ten year old was uh, just talking about how excited she is for Halloween." I don't have the heart to tell her it's probably not happening. And then I was, oh, that's sad. And then another friend comes and goes, yeah, we got the same thing with our kids. It's just going to break their hearts. That just isn't happening this year. And then they, they kind of go back and forth on that. And, okay, 
I'm just like, well, have to do something. Like, <laughs> God, those would be so sour balls. Like, yeah. come on. Like, you can, they can still dress up to a degree. Yeah, there's going to be some problems and we're going to have to work, do some workarounds. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be definitely different, but something's going to occur. Something will. Yeah. You know, it's not the, I've got to break it to her. That, like, your pet's not dead. Like, it's, I don't, it's, but why? Okay. I mean, in terms of like going to someone's house and having them give you candy, like, I don't, I mean, as long as you like, you know, you're not like going like into the person's house or you're not very close to them, but I think, you know, you can put the candies aside for a couple of days and, you know, make sure they're okay. Like, I, I can't the candies are wrapped and everything, and I mean, you could have people with, you know, if, like someone came to my house and I, I would put gloves on, you know, that I just would keep by the door just to make sure that yeah, keep your distance. Keep. I I hope that uh, Halloween's not canceled. I don't see any no, reason for that. I think it's probably the safest one. I mean, it's just it's just families that walk around together. Yeah, everything's gonna be look. Everything's gonna be wrapped. You yeah. just pick, you pick it up. Like the kids, the pick, kids pick one up or whatever, and they put it in their bag, or their parents can pick it up or whatever, and they they'll put it put it in the bag, and I yeah. get that. Then you take it home and you do a you got to do a wipe down. I'll give you that. Like mm-hmm. you got to do a wipe down, but you know most people, you know at, at least at the beginning of all this, were like wiping down their food and doing this kind of thing. Yeah, just wipe it down. Or honestly, and I know it's tough to do this with candy because you don't want to go like I don't want to leave it for two days. Leave it for like two days. Now it's yeah, fine. Well, that's what I yeah, I said. That's what I said. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to wipe it down. Yeah. If you, I mean, if that sounds like a lot of a lot of work to me, but yeah, just put it aside for a couple of days and then have yeah, at her. Trust me, we'll have at her. We'll crack the code by then. It'll be okay. <laughs> also, it's the one holiday where we all wear masks. It's okay. <laughs> it's the one holiday yeah. that's mask related. Yeah. It's fine. If the, if any holiday is going to make it through semi-normal it's going to be yeah. halloween and it's also, not really it's, it's not a, and it's, it's not a ho- it's not a it's not a holiday about public gathering either it's you know like if you you know accept the fireworks part of it which you can still do that and just have people stand you know away from each other mm-hmm. like i don't know it just feels like i don't know i don't know why people it feels like people want to cancel it like oh too bad it's just not gonna happen this year yeah i gotta break it i'm gonna break it to break it to my kids that i don't what happened to, Oh, Santa was assassinated today. Oh, he was? <laughs> yeah. People who like hey, hate Christmas, the war on Christmas, they just shot him in the head. Just shot him. In the head. Or he died of COVID. I don't know. You go either way. Yeah. Whatever you yeah. want to bring to your kid, it's fine. It's <laughs> got to be okay with that. Like, that's the, if there's one thing not to worry about, that, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> Everyone, please write to us about your Halloween plans, you can do that by writing to our website, which is called SneakyDragon.com. If you go there, you will find our shows. You will find comment section underneath every episode, and you are more than welcome to leave a comment there. You can also email us at uh, it's SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. That is our email address. We're on Facebook at SneakyDragon. We are on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. We have a Patreon page. How about support us with your hard-earned dollars? Uh, that You can find us on Patreon at Sneaky Dragon there. And then, uh, yeah, that's what we got going. And then don't forget that we mentioned it earlier in the show, but let's make it official. We just had a recent episode of Fansplainers drop, and we talked about Ghostbusters. We wanted to celebrate Halloween! And uh, it's a pretty good show. I thought we had some good points about that that uh, movie, and uh, Ian and I got into a little tussle as well. So that yes, was fun. we did. That Arr. was fun. <laughs> we, we crossed the streams, I, as it were. I always enjoy when we... Uh, we get tussly, so that was uh, that was good. So, give that a listen, everybody. Fans, fans, it's uh, available 
uh, all the best places for podcasts, as well as this show called Sneaky Dragon that you are listening to as we speak. Yeah, if you want to check out uh, the Sparks page, uh, sparkscomic.com has all your Sparks information, as well as new shirts and merch and uh, things that Nina oh, has to buy. That's true. So, yeah. And buy, buy our book. Yeah, please do. If you, if you can find it, apparently. Yeah, well, you'll find it somewhere. But independent bookstores all seem to have it. That's the one thing. Yeah, like that's, the, that's the good. The smaller bookstores are loaded with it, mm. and it's uh, doing very, very well there. So, you know, yeah. uh, support your smaller bookstore in the meantime. Too true. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening this week. As always, we appreciate you dropping by the Dragon's Lair. And uh, we'll see you next week with more hilarious comedy. Well, let's face it. That's more than we should promise. It's not a top 100 comedy. It's not more, at all. It's really. No. It's more Abbott and Costello meet a couple of podcasters. <laughs> Hey, hey, Abbott, what are you, uh, what are you, uh, or Costello, hey, uh, what are you working on now? They, they just couldn't decide who was on first. this one okay do it clarence (laughs) clarence b (laughs) all right and i'll give it a start right now